And so we're live. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hopefully they can hear Maybe. us. Yeah. yeah. I really hope they Tell can. Hello, everybody. Can. Yeah, let us know if you can hear us. Yay. Yeah. Okay, they can awesome. hear us. Everything is Woo. good. So this campaign's fucking over. We're <laughs> right? here to celebrate. It's over, baby. Woo. We're done. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yay. Thank you all for joining us tonight. This is exciting. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We uh, kind of decided we want to, I know it's very close to the end, the final episode, although, you know, if you listen to the penultimate episode, you kind of know how this story ended as well. Um, but we wanted to get together and kind of, you know, answer any outstanding questions for the campaign, anything that um, you guys feel like didn't get wrapped up or that... Um, or that you had questions about when you heard it or whatever. Uh, we're going to try and put on our Wayback goggles uh, if you have any questions about really old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I will try. It has been five years of recording this show. Yeah. I think somebody on the Discord just posted like a rules question from like episode 70, and I was like... Oh, I have Jesus. no idea. <laughs> that was uh, at least four years ago, three and a half years ago. So... Um, so yeah, once again, thank you guys for joining us. I'm gonna toss it over to Emily. We are doing um, a form of charity event for this stream. Uh, it's not gonna be as extreme as some of our other ones where you could like pay for us to drink or um, Steve's Take already fully Take off buttons. Unbutton, yeah, so. uh, you, can all, you can basically <laughs> already see everything. So there's not much room for me to go here. But uh, I'm gonna so um, I'm gonna kick it to Emily to discuss the charity that we're supporting and tell you how uh, your donations will benefit you on this stream. <laughs> yeah. So today we are celebrating the end of our Carrying Crown adventure, but that's not gonna be the end of our mainline feed. We will be transitioning to our pirate-themed adventure, Skulls and Shackles, next. So our charity for today's stream fits right into that aquatic theme. Today we are supporting the Coral Reef Alliance. Boy, boy, boy. Now, yeah, <laughs> I really liked their website and was doing some digging and got some uh, information that I didn't know about coral reefs. So I was learning that um, these coral reefs support coastal communities all around the globe. And coral reefs are actually considered to be the most biodiverse marine ecosystems in the world. They're home to 4,000 species of reef fish, 840 species of corals, and over a million species of other animals. They also uh, reduce wave energy and serve as natural flood defenses along the coastline. And they serve as a primary source of food and protein for many coastal communities. In addition, many of the organisms found on the reefs produce chemical compounds that have been used in treatments for cardiovascular diseases, ulcers, leukemia, lymphoma, and skin cancer. There are still many more that are undiscovered. Uh, and this one, I did know, people from all around the world travel to coral reefs as a tourist destination each year. And I have gotten the opportunity to see the beauty of coral reefs, but I've also seen what they look like when they're unhealthy and bleached, and then they die off. And it's sad to see such a bright and vibrant ecosystem turn into a 
wasteland of crumbling white coral that just kind of idly drifts through the sand. So the Coral Reef Alliance's mission is to save the world's coral reefs. So they combine cutting edge science and community engagement to reduce direct threats to reefs and to promote scalable and effective solutions for their protection. They employ a variety of conservation approaches and engage communities around the world to save coral reefs. Millions of people and species of wildlife depend on coral reefs. While the climate, uh, while climate change threatens their future, science shows that coral can adapt and survive if we keep them healthy. So if you want to learn more about coral reefs and what you can do uh, to help, check out their website. So we're going to post here in chat. And if you uh, would like to donate, uh, feel free to donate on their page. And you can either send a message to Haley uh, through Discord or to our email, our podcast email. And your question will get moved up to the top of the list. So if you have a burning question you would like to know, make sure it gets answered and uh, give a donation. Yeah. Or if you just feel like donating, that's cool too. <laughs> yeah, if you just feel like donating, that's uh, that's also awesome. Uh, it's a it's a good organization. You know, we've we've done the due diligence for you of researching them and making sure that they're a charity that is um, is actually using their funds uh, for the cause that they support uh, <laughs> instead yes. of you know marketing and everything else like certain other charities who will not be named. Um, so really good place to spend your money. Um, and without much further ado, uh, Steve, do you want to kick us off with a question? Yes. As my friends here have said, um, if you've got a question, throw it up in the chat and the donation that if, if you're able to donate, you're going right to the top of the queue. But to kick things off, I've got a few questions that people have been asking um, in the Zone of Truth questions channel that I thought were maybe a little bit more appropriate for an opportunity when we had everybody together. And of course, if it wasn't explicitly clear going into this, this is going to be extremely spoiler heavy. We're going to spoil the whole damn Carrion Crown show. So if you're not caught up, <laughs> just keep that in mind. You're doing this at your own risk. I want to start in a very fun way, though. So I'm going to need a volunteer from the HLP cast. Who wants to volunteer for this first one? Uh... Go um, ahead. Is it, is it, is it, is it, yeah, get Brooks. Get okay, Brooks. Brooks. Oh, okay. We'll see how he does. Um, so <laughs> this comes from Art Criminal. Wrap up questions. Can you summarize the entire campaign narrative in 50 seconds? And I have a clock. You ready, Brooks? Oh, oh you gave it to him, Brooks? He didn't even sure. sure, sure. Go ahead. All right. Three, two, one, go. Uh, we <laughs> investigate Harrowstone Prison. Uh, we trial have a trial of the beast. And we go to the Shutterwood to uh, help out the uh, werewolves, or um, and then we go to Caliphast for the vampires and figure out how, uh, why, why all of them are dying, and then the end is 
uh, going to Gallows Fire to <laughs> stop the transformation of the uh, Whispering Tyrant. You skipped Ilmarsh. Okay. Yeah, I skipped like a whole bunch. That was 38 what, what seconds. What was my time? What 38 was my seconds. Time? I, was, I was doing it for time. No, notably also, uh, those were all set pieces and, and no actual plot, really. Yeah, 38, 38 <laughs> seconds to basically name the, the title of each book in the adventure path. <laughs> Hey, listen, you got, put on, you got put on that's, the spot. That's, that's, I think that's you did great. And, uh, <laughs> and pretty close to time. I'm not too unhappy about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's start going around the table and um, getting everybody else involved here. Great job, Brooks. Um, this is from our buddy on the Discord, <laughs> Exa. We all have things we do differently if we had a campaign to run over again, no matter how happy with them we are overall. What's your biggest road not taken for Carrying Crown? Is there anything that you wanted to do or or what have you that, that we didn't have time to get to or a backup character maybe you were thinking of uh, bringing in or a set piece or whatever? Um, does anybody have anything that comes to mind right away? I do. Um, I remember in the beginning being very gung-ho about the corruption mechanics. Mm. And uh, sure. we did use them, but... I feel like it certainly fell kind of along the wayside uh, after about book four. Uh, I think Freya got a corruption in the Abaddon arc, and Matumbe got a corruption in book five, but, like... The it was, only, it was the essentially only, a skill bump for the, me. The only ones like, that, like, ever role-played their corruption were uh, Eclipse and uh, Air Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the corruption, like, like Igmer's just turned into a pure benefit yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So, um. Lyra, like, had role played hers a bit. She and, never actually got one. But she never actually mm-hmm. got her. She, yeah. like, kept alluding to what it was gonna be. Um, oh, and she had an oracle curse. Oh, yeah, so yeah, she yeah. She had that going on. Yeah, so she was more role playing her curse. Um. Yeah, I never, I never gave Lyra one because the one that I was gonna give her was, like, far too punishing to It was horribly punishing. Horribly <laughs> punishing. <laughs> I think some of them were pretty punishing too. It's just all the rules behind them. It was kind of like, eh. Like I think there were a couple times where we should have done something for your vampire thing that we just didn't do. Like when whenever you went unconscious or something, some you were supposed to make a roll. Yeah, that is true. We did that for a while and then just kind of stopped. Uh, we never really talked about me not being able to see myself in a mirror or. Um, <laughs> Feeling not having a shadow, uh, that didn't really come up a whole lot. But those were things that that did happen. So I, I agree that's something we maybe could have been a more little bit more diligent with in the back half. But also like we were moving at that point. We kind of got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'll go next. I don't know that there's anything like really pressing in my mind that we weren't able to do or I wasn't able to accomplish. The one thing that I'll mention, and I mentioned this in the after party of the live zone of truth that we just did. I have a few scenes that I wrote out that we never had an opportunity to do like Matum for when, when, um, when Freya got deleted from history, uh, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen there going into that. And we just thought she was straight up dead. So I wrote another one of those Matumbe eulogies that was like very sad and stuff. Um, so that's out there somewhere. There's also a Matumbe death scene um, that's out there. And then something random that I wanted to, that I wanted to write, but just never really felt like I had a good opportunity to like, or a good reason uh, to run it on the show. So I don't know. Maybe I'll just like drop those links in the Discord or something at some point. But um, let's keep it going. How about uh, 
Haley or the Campbells. Any uh, any roads not taken? And no's an, an acceptable answer here. I actually had one thing that I was thinking of when I was working on my epilogue that I thought of for Lyra. Way back... Oh, was it in... I think it was maybe book two when we found the manticore babies oh yeah Mm. and we dropped them off at the university but we never like went back to check on them and i didn't write that into my epilogue but that was a moment of thought like oh yeah could she go back and see those manticore babies grown up a little bit i thought about ham they wouldn't know you to uh epilogue yeah oh Oh, that would have been a good time for it I just couldn't justify it because there's like nothing about yep, like abandoned. You know, there's nothing about yep. your character that would have known anything about that. Mm-hmm. That is true. That's a good one. I forgot That's all true. about you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys um, adopting them for a while. Yeah. I guess. I guess I don't have any like roads not te- taken necessarily. I. I never really considered it, but. I guess a road that I could have taken that um, was if like Ikmer stayed back uh, rather than like rather than go go find Eclipse or something like that. I know how he joined up again. Oh, oh just had... kind of written him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was kind of a road not taken too when you and I were like, I mean, we don't have to write Ikmer off. Like yeah. He didn't have yeah. to leave in book three, although it made complete sense why he did. You know, that was kind of a, hey, you got to pick one of two, <laughs> one of two paths here. So it would have been yep. very different if he stayed with the party, I think. Yep. Yep. Had to retrain on that leadership feat. <laughs> <laughs> too powerful. Absolutely. I guess I don't really know of much else that I like could think of i mean i i do uh the manicore babies were like one i was thinking of like because we just never checked in on them but uh i don't know it's a a little difficult i like overall i just i guess i wish i was better at writing stories or generally writing characters uh when i started because i feel like i'm a lot better now but I'm just not, I am, I have never been a creative writer. I've never been any, like, I don't, I, in fact, I hated those classes in class, like, in school. <laughs> they made me cry. That was, like, how much I hated them. So I wish, though, in the beginning I was better at that so that there could be a little bit more early on development. But I, I know I'm better now. <laughs> I think that's one of those things that's, uh, that we'll see in Skull and Shackles, but that we've scene with like bestow curse as a show it's like between <laughs> and no offense to everybody's first characters because they ended up being fantastic but like the amount of the amount of thought put into the um the bestow curse characters was like a level above mm-hmm. the amount of thought we put into our initial characters in carrying crown just for lack of a better reason because of experience i think you know, uh, in our home games, we weren't writing these big epic backstories and, and needing them like tied in necessarily. Right. And um, and so starting HLP, we didn't really, you know, I was like, I know where I'm going to tie all this shit in, but that wasn't on you guys to figure out. 
Cool. I, I think that pretty much wraps we, it up. And Haley, I see we have a, a question here, right, from Jason? We did. We got a question from Jason. Uh, what do you do, Pods? <laughs> and uh, thank you for donating, Jason. And then his question for the cast is, if you were starting this campaign over again, knowing what you know now, what PC concept would you try to pitch to Griff this time? Your choice, Pathfinder 1 or Pathfinder 2 or Starfinder Free Game System. Hmm. I think I think right off the bat I would do something closer to home. It was a big swing for me to like try and tie in this character <laughs> from halfway across the world and then try and like just it's it, it, sometimes the, some of the like early backstory stuff with like Lorimore and stuff. I I feel like I really had to stretch to like find a reason for him to be in the Mongi and find a way for like I think logically it doesn't really track that like Lorimore dies and then Matumbe, a level one character, is at the funeral half a planet away in like less than a week. So I, I think maybe I would just be a little bit more cognizant. Not to say that like I didn't like you know where I started from and how the character grew, but I think I'm going in now that I have the experience that I do, I'd be a little bit more cognizant of like that. Um, I, I guess that like little player handout that you get for every campaign. Just, like, take that maybe a little bit more to heart. But, you know, you live and you learn, right? See, I always thought Matumbe's story was that he came to Ustalav to learn the, like, actual interpretation of the Bones Land in a Spiral and happened to get the the thing, like, the, the notification for the funeral. I there. also thought that was your story, man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it was! <laughs> <laughs> That's why it made sense to me because I thought you yeah. were I thought you were like you you were basically like I'm going to walk the earth and figure out this holy book. I no, I never had it in my head that he was in Ustalab before enough, the funeral, which you you know what? That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I thought nice. I thought that's why, that's why it was in my head, Ken. <laughs> I honestly thought you were already traveling to Ustalov and then got the notice like on yeah. your way or something. Uh yeah, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Somebody else answer this question. <laughs> um I I don't think I would change much about what I pitched to Griffin. Um, I really enjoyed Eclipse and I liked a lot of her backstory. I just, again, would have wanted to develop it more with him early on because, to be honest, I, like, had no idea what so I was like, doing. So, like, occultist above all. <laughs> yeah, occultist, but, like, I still, I like the idea of her looking for the family. Like, I really enjoyed... I don't think that's his question, though. His question is... It says pitch, PC concept. Oh, I thought... I, I, I was taking that to mean, like, if you if you were to pitch, like, a different build to me. Mm. I guess I'm thinking mechanically. Oh, I was thinking like the concept of the PC as a whole. Gotcha. Okay, so let me go back to my earlier question, uh, or my early answer. Uh, no, Living Grimoire is the best uh, Inquisitor, so I would definitely do that again. I, I would never make the mistake of picking a dog shit archetype. <laughs> I softballed that archetype to you. Yeah, yeah, hyped about it. Yeah, this is something we don't talk about enough. That this is <laughs> partially, if not mostly, your fault. You're like, this sounds pretty cool, and I'm like, yeah, it does. I, <laughs> we I, were both I, wrong. I knew it was shit. <laughs> oh, Jason was thinking mechanics. That's what I thought. All right, so, uh, so I'm right. I'm right. I know. Well, everyone got to see my further iterations of, of a my of my healer mm -hmm. so I mean come in come in straight in with Uska her build as a shaman would have been pretty fun 
I really liked the Eldritch tie-ins with her character, so I think I would have, you know, maybe tweaked it a little bit to make sure those still fit in, but Uska was a much stronger character than Lyra was. I, like, got Lyra to do some pretty cool stuff. Like, she wasn't awful, but she was kind of a culmination of me learning as she leveled. Uska came in and was much more put together. <laughs> yeah, if this is about mechanics, uh, I'm not switching from a cultist. Uh, nope, that was great. That was fantastic. Haunt Collector, yep, we're good. Mm-hmm. I, no change. Yeah, I, lo- <laughs> I love the Armor Master and the Bodyguard build. Like, build, like boosting ACs, taking damage. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't mind it one bit. Can I give you guys one that I never pitched to any of you, but I had hoped one of you might come up with on your own? The um, the idea of, like, a white necromancer, like, a, either a cleric or a wizard or something that was, that, like, like basically used stuff like turn undead and, 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 um, and controlling undead to basically, like, instead of raising the dead, use the undead's forces against them. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, like, you you know, it might have been, like, an undead Lord Cleric or something, but one that doesn't... one that doesn't necessarily, like, raise corpses and instead, like, takes existing corpses and, like, turns them to his command. Sure. Or, like, takes existing undead and turns them to their command. Cool concept. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I think we would have had that opportunity come up a lot. Yeah, it would have yeah. been pretty frequent. It would have been a little tough in, uh, I think, like book two and, and early book three, um, and maybe most of book four. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have been very useful. And hopefully, at that point, you have like a you know a group of like a stable of undead creatures that you can use. A stable. Yeah, you your little stable, your little caravan. Just bring him along on a leash. I love it. I would like to say we got another donation, but we were asked to save the question till the end. <laughs> so it's not bad. Mm. I think it's good, but it's not bad. It's just all right. We'll save it then. Kay. Thank you for your donation, Eric. We'll get. Don't let us forget your question. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that is a. a... Steve, you got another or do you risk. want me to ask from the chat? We got a few from the chat, so... Yeah. I'm going to go to the very first question that got asked in the chat, um, because I think it's really good, and I asked him the same question. Yeah. Old Cherno asked, why didn't we get an I knew it on the final episode? Explain I didn't yourself. know it. <laughs> that was the only one. Uh, the time he didn't know it. Yeah, and I, I didn't know the end. Uh, the, I didn't know the character's end, so... There we are. Hey, that actually that actually directly answers another one of the questions that I had. This one came from Eric. How many times did Brooks actually know it? So I guess every time two hundred and fifty six times. It, every time you said it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, every time. <laughs> there were a couple <laughs> misses over the course of the campaign. There were a couple misses. There were a couple That's misses true. Where, where Brooks didn't know. There was it. one that I edited in. You edited what? it. Aww. I knew it in. That's I did. I did only because I cut off the recording. And oh, he said it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's okay. Um, I know. That's fair. Gotta, <laughs> I, I got trigger happy with the, like, stop recording. And he goes, I knew it. And then I was like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> you were like, I blew it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I did good and I added it in. So, 
guess that, I mean, that resolves that. Yeah. He didn't know it. Despite all of that episode being pre-written, he didn't know it. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> Ironic. The episode that was pre-written. <laughs> Do you want me to get another one from there? Might as well, yeah. We got a couple, I think. Let's see. There is... Um... Spartan has a question, um, and when it comes to players rolling consistently bad when it comes to certain roles, not naming any names, have you ever considered or actually implemented a hero point system in any of your campaigns on or off pod? What are your thoughts on these die-related curses, um, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> not to name names. Not to name names. I feel targeted. I mean, it's Emily. built into 2E, so it's yeah. going to be on like pretty much right. all of our shows going forward I, I mean I think I think hero points are balanced in 2e and work fine um, <laughs> one of my favorite things that happened this campaign is when I I transitioned my bad luck from the first half of the campaign to Emily for the back half yeah. <laughs> I was I was always the one in the first half who was rolling crap and then uh, well the pendulum swung the other direction for sure well then we started having to do more saves and Emily got oh, screwed. yeah, yeah I, th- I think like my attempt to give them something was the hero cards mechanic yes which like we still carry over into 2e and um and i was actually surprised that a lot more of them didn't get played in the finale i don't think i, I just, had any i, I, assume, I you slowly were, I stopped giving couple, as many out i assume there were a couple floating out there no you yeah. slowly stopped giving as many out and then it was only stephen brooks who were getting for yeah, they, they knew it, and they... Boys week. It's boys month. Um, I, think I, I think I finished the campaign with one left in the tank. But, yeah. I think I just had one going into the final fight, and I didn't use it. So that, I mean, I, I don't like the 1E hero point system. I think it's meh. But uh, I think it works fine in 2E because of the math, and because how much more, like... Swingy brutal 2e is because of dice. Um, I think it's warranted. Steve, what, what was the unused hero card? It was evil, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure it was an oh. evil one. Uh, that would have been a good Which, one to use on like uh, one of my bullshit things. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I was playing three characters yeah. that were <laughs> level 15 with two ranks of mythic, about if not. You know, Sawyer had one, but you know, Wear Tiger. So, uh, sorry. I feel you, buddy. I don't know. I didn't use all my spell slots either. So, big mess. <laughs> I didn't get to use all mine either. <laughs> used a lot of them, though. Cool. And let me uh, grab another. Sure. sure. The last one was from Giuseppe, by the way. Uh, I thought the you... last one was from Spartan. No, it was. And then, like, the add on, which was what was the unused, was from yeah. Giuseppe. Oh, yeah, there we go. Sorry. And then, uh, Jason, what do you do? Pots has asked again. Uh, what siren scape track that worked great in CC do you hope to not hear in Esodus? Uh, hopefully none of them. Yeah. Hopefully none. Hopefully yes. none of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some cooking up. Yes. Music will be getting better. Now, while we're playing. Yes. <laughs> while we're playing, I hope. I uh, swear to Christ, if I hear that dang creaky one, I don't know how <laughs> to describe it, but it's creaky. <laughs> I will go crazy. I know. Right. I know. I am going to hear it because it's a it's a sea based adventure. Uh-huh. But the fucking siren song one that's like. 
so. God damn, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. drunk you, and you know, we all, we were gonna, I knew this hours. was going to come up. I knew oh. this was going to come up in, I think it was our second evil interlude. We did five in a row, maybe, if I remember correctly. And there was an entire episode in the middle that I was just hammered for. And I left that, that one track on the entire time. And it's not like we had one conversation or there was one set piece. There was like a lot of shit going on. And Full the entire time, it's just. one we use a lot for battle, but mm. it, I swear it's got a creakiness on it. And we used yeah. it all of the freaking time. Mm -hmm. yeah, there were a couple battle tracks that I got sick of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I was I was trying to vary it up in like the last couple of books. It's I was starting tough. to get fucking I mean, sick. Yeah, there's like not. What, I do what? have to say that the one clock one, mm -hmm. actually pretty decent. Yeah. Did give me massive anxiety. Oh yeah. <laughs> for the was that trial? Yeah. yeah but we yeah, used it a couple other times. It was really mm -hmm. good for that. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah that was tense in the trial running that one. I will say like in the in like the final couple of episodes we didn't use Sirenscape. Mm -hmm. That's like correct. In, yeah. In 255 and 256 I like picked the music for the set pieces although mm -hmm. still Steve still played it yeah. all live but um, that seemed to like change things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, we gotta play so this is not Sirenscape for the like finale battle music. I, I could hold an entire stream myself just explaining the sirenscape process and you know lay out all my grievances the one big one that i have though is that so many tracks are called different things but are actually the same so ah. like you'll have like <laughs> in in one sound set you'll have like fight music and in the other one you'll have battle music and in the other one you'll have like epic fight music and you can listen to them all and they're the exact same fucking track so you can't really keep track some of them are exclusive, but there are others. So the more popular ones you hear in our show and others is that like they're all fucking named the same. So if I'm shooting from the hip and we're just like we get a random combat out of nowhere, I'm like, ah, fucking fight music or whatever. We'll start and be like, oh, fuck, I've heard this 60 times before. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's my first grievance of about 40, but uh, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> Uh, I know we have some other questions, though, and I have more from my, my old list, too, if we need to go you, there. You want me to grab another from here? Yeah, why not? Uh, Kathy now has asked, what's everyone's favorite ability spell item that they got to use in the campaign? Mm. Yeah. Um, the rat, yes. the <laughs> rat poke feeding on table legs mechanic. It's not, it's not yeah. a feat. <laughs> Mine, as as Griffin uh, said, is mine is the the pounce. I got them. It's so much fun. Literally, literally the strongest thing a melee character can have. Fucking good. Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna casually attack six times from a hundred feet away. Get up in your face. Awesome. Uh, mine was definitely Burst of Radiance. Use that one a lot across multiple characters. Yeah. Because it you got Burst of Radiance sound burst. It was soundburst, and then we did it. It was one time that it, we did it on the floor, mm. and then <laughs> we had to drag, <laughs> like kicking and screaming to Tui because of the, the burst of radiance. Yeah, <laughs> she was very anti-bestow curse. We had to, we had, we had to really beg. My swashbuckler can't get, can't get fucking burst of radiance. I don't want to play. I almost had it written into my contract. <laughs> Only green M&Ms must have bursts of radiance on every character. Hmm. 
I, I don't the, the detachable hands like oh, they, hand oh that a couple of times because, because, because I wish I would the, used it more because but, like, of the shitty lot in life I gave Air Bear with his backstory and stuff I gave him like the I gave him the hands detachment line of feats for free mm-hmm. because I was like I was back ending it with and you get this awful corruption which means you have to eat people <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you're like kind of part undead and whatever, but uh, but I gave him like that line of feats, and it was actually like it's a strong line of feats. It's just you if he had taken them on his own, it's like there's four feats, I think. Yeah, yeah, it ended yeah. up it ended up being just a plus one, and I would say you, the you, main hand. Yeah, <laughs> saved like five to ten combats from disaster using the, your hands in some like weird obscure way that we're like, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, when, when I started allowing you to be, like, healed from your hand or whatever, I was like, <laughs> yeah. it was a pretty loose interpretation. Yeah. yeah. Works, but whatever. Hmm. I'll allow it. What you got, Haley? It's kind yeah, of... Yeah, eating people didn't favorite, So, okay, okay. Favorite item was when I was in Dream World, and I had... Oh, uh, fair. Yeah, the uh, Vorpal... Uh, axe. Oh, you had the mythic item, the black axe. That's what it was. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Yep. That was the best item. I think so. Close second was that armor that let me go ethereal. That yeah. was uh, really cool for Eclipse. Julia had a lot of really cool things. I think my favorite spell is the mansion. Yeah. Oh, sure. Like. Mm-hmm. That that was amazing. I understand it probably didn't get it like only got used twice, but. That was really cool. I love that mansion. I, th- I also thought that, like, the first time you used it was just such... Not not even, like, a mechanically sound thing to do mm-hmm. that, like, really benefit our characters, but it was, like, a nice breath of fresh air for the podcast itself yep. because we were coming Maybe off of, like, time. six or, or six-plus episodes of, like, brutal, long, knockdown, drag-out combats with a dozen PCs or whatever, and then it's like, okay, now we're just gonna take an episode to talk about our rooms, and I was like, god, I fucking needed that so bad. It was so good. I also, uh, so for Rune, her favorite, uh, the favorite thing about Rune, um, would be the bloody ring that she got, uh, <laughs> to mark her engagement. <laughs> Steve, I was waiting for you to catch on, and you just sat there like, <laughs> yep. The ring of evasion. Uh, no, I think I did the freedom movement or something. Well, because I uh, ring of freedom movement. But like, because we didn't talk about that beforehand. But that was something I thought about the night before too. I was like, once we kill this guy, I'm gonna f- see if he's got a ring on. I bet he's got a ring. I bet he's got a ring. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to, to Rune. I didn't even know you were gonna yeah, propose. I was waiting. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I told Steve he had to propose as Quinley uh, mm-hmm. because I because I had the the wedding epilogue planned yeah. Like, yeah. in advance. <laughs> wedding epilogue. Start with a funeral, end with a wedding. Yeah. It's classic storytelling 101. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These two lovebird PCs. <laughs> it was uh, really good. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite item I got to use was, wasn't an item, but it was the Nigul. Oh yeah, that's oh, a big sure. thing. The uh, Nigel was my favorite. Uh, Rags Mata was probably my favorite NPC. Rags Mata was one hundred percent my favorite, and her story was tragic. Mm-hmm. You're, you're absolutely wrong. Uh, 
cool story about Ragsmata. Ragsmata is a legitimate Paizo NPC, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of information about her. Um, and I changed her backstory to make her uh, a sympathetic character, as I've known to do. Um, but like, I really like my iteration of Ragsmata. Yeah, I felt a lot of sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked her a lot. She was so mm-hmm. cool. In the in the written material, her and Grey Whirlis are like mortal enemies, mm. and they like they they try and use the magic that um, that caused the fall of the Golgon Empire to kill each other. No, then, lovers is better. Yeah, yeah. So so I had it be like a magical mishap uh, that like as they were you know discovering Story that that things. did that from enemies to lovers. It's a story arc I'd like to live out one day. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> Um, let's see. I just saw from rags to liches in the chat. I, uh-huh. I before you scrolled up, I didn't see who said it, but I like that. That was pretty good. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. I don't know how you would say this, but uh, N J G I A C. Uh, <laughs> what was behind the eclipse in the tomb bay? Trust only each other. Turn. I'm assuming some sort of curse. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so that's something I didn't use, but those like. Um or they candy morgues? Morgues, yeah. yeah. Uh, they actually magic jarred into you. Oh. So they have an ability when they die, and if you fail the will save, their soul is in you. Uh, oh. And they can choose to take control at any point. Uh, oh. So avail that. Um, <laughs> but like, and then we just role played us as being fucking yeah, weirdos. Yeah, and then and then you guys were getting your asses beat so bad when the party split that I was like, I'm not gonna pull this card. Well, yeah, because what you d- well what you had said you had said specifically, it's weird. Matumbe and Eclipse aren't uh, don't really trust some of the other parts yeah, of the party it's because you were both you both had like those morgues that yeah. trusted each other yeah. inside of you. But that's all you said. And then Steve and I said, "All right, mm-hmm. bet yeah, yeah. we really yeah. don't trust that." So then I kind of yeah, like, it, I kind of like hand waved it, like <laughs> fun. When you guys got your mythic level, I was like, "All right, that clears all of your existing curses and shit." I think my head mentally ended the minute uh, Nana Opal was gone because it was a at least my head it ended then because I mm. was like, "Oh, Candy Morgs probably can like controlled by Nana Opal," and then when Nana Opal was gone. I was like, oh, okay, so. That's not how undead work. No, I know, but that's, that's, I thought she was controlling him. Oh, I that, thought it was that her. That's like a common it. theme of the story. It's like, you know, cut off the head, the rest of the thing dies. Right? Uh, you know, it happened with Rude, it happened with Adivian. In reality, you know, they, they stick around, but, you know, what are they fighting for anymore? So yeah, that was that was. I guess that's an unused thread. There we go. Well, I think that's the last of the questions in there. All right. Well, people get your questions in there. Oh, just kidding. It's not. Oh, okay. Old journal asked, "What was the best?" Speaking of segue during the pre-show venture. Oh fuck! There was one. Um, there was one about there cum foul that I remember. Ones? Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't remember exactly exactly what it was, but there was. Of course, you can't remember. There were dozens about cum. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> there were a lot of that. Oh, the the uh, pissed plants. Like, uh, what you do, and you never work a day in your the life, plant baby. That wanted to get peed on. 
That's so right. There's a there's a couple of yeah, there were a couple of uh, very sexually explicit ones that I think were very yeah. funny. To me, Horus was, was the ones that always got me. Were the ones that are just like completely unrelated. Just like I don't know. Like if I were to make one up right now, just like I don't know. Oh fuck, I can't make one up right now. Because 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 the, the whole point of it is that like they don't make sense. Uh, speaking yeah. of using a koozie, Emily, what do you got? Emily's not even using a koozie. It's like what? All right, sure. <laughs> yeah, the the point was to take something that the prior person had said and use it against yes. the next person, but. Only Brooks ever served me up good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks and I were at, were at uh, we're at like a tennis doubles duo with those. <laughs> He's just serving them up. Uh, yeah, I I apologize because it's been a while since I've actually done that shtick. Um, but I, I can't remember like the verbiage of of the best ones. But they're definitely that would be a good compilation to do someday. Hey, um, there were so, the last drunkenness quarterly that we did. That uh, unfortunately, Haley Griff, you guys weren't able to make it to. There were some good ones that I don't remember, um, but that also reminded me that it was a mid book two um, episode where Ikmer rolled an, uh, an intimidation check against a creature that was like a mom. And <laughs> and he's like, based on the roll, I'm gonna RP a different way. And he rolls, and he, hey, you're a bad mom. You're just as bad as my mom. <laughs> I laughed so hard when we heard that last week or the week before. That might have, I, I, the segue stuff kind of brought me around to that, and that made me really laugh. I thought it was funny. Yeah, we have a donation question. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yay. Thank you for your donation, Avalanche of War. Great name. Yes. Currently <laughs> my favorite name. <laughs> what was Griffin's favorite NPC to act out? Ooh. Uh, ooh. Tanya. No. No, that was the worst. <laughs> hated every minute of it. No, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> was was Durin or Duristan? Duristan's up there. Duristan delighted me to no end. Uh, I know. Um, yeah. I think it's the mayor. I think, yeah, the I, mayor I think it's honestly great. the mayor. Like yeah. The mayor was yeah, me great. venting my frustration at you guys. Through an NPC, which yeah, in a, in a in a comedic way, and it wasn't really like real frustration. It was just like the absurdity of what you've just done. I yeah. need I need you to contextualize it in game. Yeah, we we listened to that on the way to like to the finale, driving there, mm-hmm. like almost. I think all three or four of those episodes. They were so <laughs> funny to listen to. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, the the, the mayor was really fun. Um, Duristan was really fun. Um, there was I, a, there was another NPC that you basically cast as the same dude in book five. Yeah, that was uh, Danny Absalom. <laughs> yes, Danny Absalom. Of course, how could I forget? Um, Straight yeah, out of the book. Danny Absalom. Was fun. Oh, I like um, I think I think I like. I think, like, uh, Mikhail was, like, kind of a special character to play mm-hmm. because, like, I based that on Emily's dad. So, like, cool. so it was cool to kind of, like, roleplay that character, although he wasn't, like, in a ton of it. Or Jim Barium. Jim Barium's good. Lopsock. Lopsock. Oh, I mean, Lopsock like Lopsock's Lopsock. one of my favorite NPCs as well. What, what, what about the Lopper? The lo- you're right. It it fucking is the lopper. You're mm. absolutely right. No, I honestly, lopper. the lopper doesn't even feel like an NPC anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the lopper is definitely definitely number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, the lopper was such a 
just like a, a leap I took at the beginning of this podcast where I was like, I'm, j- <laughs> I'm going to corrupt you with this like main character of book one and just like see what happens. When I told Griffin I was taking Eclipse's dad's uh, like wood cutting axe that was oversized for her since she's a small character. So I'm going to basically have a small character's battle axe and Griffin goes, that's perfect. You'll know why later. And that was that was it. <laughs> I'm like, then yeah, Clips like picked her weapon at the start of the campaign. Haley told me about it, and I was like, "I'm gonna use a lopper because you're a you're a haunt collector, occultist, and he's a ghost." If you all haven't seen the art of the lopper, too, do yourself a favor and check it out. He looks wild. That like he's doing like a jump pose with the thing over his head. Oh yeah, yeah, so like, good. It's great. Yeah, it's he's really he's a psycho in the book art. I obviously, you know, he's the same way as Ragsmata. Like changed him from a completely. I mean, he did start as like a completely deranged psycho, but like you kind of peel back yes, the layers, and he mm-hmm. wasn't as bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was really good. I I liked I I was very happy with some of the stuff that like I did in the epilogue too to make sure he was fully involved mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And any let's see any other questions let me know if you need some more because I got them uh yeah I got a question from Josepha do it how many times did Griff get choked up while narrating the final few ups I actually thought I did pretty good in the in the epilogue Maybe like yeah, you asked times. me to read Eclipse's mom's entries, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I choked up during... Um, <laughs> you know what uh, almost almost got me? And I, you know, I feel, I feel kind of stupid because it wasn't, like, emotional. But I threw Zokar into Brooks's epilogue without telling him. <laughs> And, and then, like I said, like Zokar and Brooks's face lit up, and it almost made me choke up. I'll also say that <laughs> the hardest that I laughed in like the final twenty or thirty episodes is when Brooks like I know just the thing, Atreya shots. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed and laughed. That was so fucking funny. <laughs> um, but we actually had a question that is basically an expansion of this on my list here finer paths and stars how many people shed tears in the finale i got choked up a few times i don't think i had full-on tears um, i've uh, had a couple times during this this campaign now steve i had to edit out a solid minute of you so i would say yes you when? definitely did <laughs> after uskos Oh wait, yeah, I did break yeah. down. I was a mess. Yeah, never mind. There were sniffles from well, multiple because... microphones. <laughs> Steve specifically, I need a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me sniffling, <laughs> Griffin sniffling. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, the, the part about that that got me the most was the kids that had yeah. like the axe and the book and the tankard. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to sprinkle in a few little things. I I wanted to show that. This was how, you know, Uska made it here, was hearing those stories. But then it continued on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Those always got me when we talked about those. When we talked about, like, Ooh. Freya telling the stories. And, like, when we did it in the... Um, oh, and we did it in, in the, the mansion. mansion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a lot, yeah. I'll say I... Uh, 
I know I did I don't think I shed tears but like I as well as I could hear it in Griffin's voice because I know him very well like when he started describing the battle where he's bringing in all yeah. of the people I was like oh man that's so good that got me there was a, a few times during the campaign that that happened that I was like I got really misty if not like actually wiping my eyes not because something sad happened but because something really fulfilling happened yes like I've gotten that. I've gotten that way like a few times yeah, yeah. just just glassy eyed no no uh no tears yeah didn't cry in the finale I cried a little bit when I re-listened to it <laughs> I haven't done that yet. I'm trying to save myself because I had no. to. So it's it's a little bit hard because like I started to with editing, right? So I have to re-listen. So I'm sitting there and it's like I get to certain parts and I'm like, oh, oh man, okay, wait, you gotta be serious. And so like the amount of times I had to listen while editing and, and try and just cut out everything and just like focus on what I was editing, I feel like if I went back and listened to it now that I'm not in my editor's headspace, it might have been different. <laughs> trying to like I think I think Lyra's funeral got me I think um, Saw's funeral got me I was trying I was really like I was fucking up as Anya doing that speech um, but like she would be too like yeah. it, it, it like just works, it works in character it yeah. it's just good acting guys I was <laughs> I was acting I was crying and I can't remember if it's been so long I can't remember if this made it into the final episode but like as we got done with that one I think truthfully that's the episode that I'm going to remember like as my mind starts to degrade when I'm you know elderly I'll think back to 111 and how much that meant to me that like we basically spent nearly an hour just like celebrating this character that i really cared about and then like we did our epilogue or we did our eulogies we start moving on and griff's like uh, we'll see you next week and one of the things that I, I remember saying was like i don't care it doesn't matter like you guys are so nice thanks for like doing this with me or so there's there something along that lines where i was like thanks for making this special to and not not to anybody listening all you're saying about you. This was to this was to Griff and the, and the rest of my cast members because you all like bought into something that like I really really I fucking cast saws myself. I'm dressed as him right now. Like so that that just like oh, really really oh yeah <laughs> yeah no I just, I just happened to be wearing this today, Brooks. <laughs> no, that was really really <laughs> special to me. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Ikmer ascending to be like the Prince of Wolves got me for sure. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. And like that, describing that battle, uh, obviously describing this final battle. I tried to. I I knew that I would, so I tried to break it up for myself and be like, and Pablos and pals show up and like, <laughs> and they're goofy as fuck. And then you know, here's a serious thing. Um, it got me. Oh, um, the end of the book two fight. Yeah. The end oh. of the book two fight. A lot of people talk about uh, Eclipse and Matumbe sitting up on top of the tower and like the sun's coming up and we're just like, hey, we're bleeding out right now, but like it's nice to do it with you and that like we survived and we did what we're trying to and like then we survive, which is great. But uh, yeah, that, that got me. That got me good too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, <laughs> the, the, I, I knew it would get me when I like put this option out there, but uh, like describing Freya's happy life. Yeah. Oh, uh, that one, yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually cried during that one. Mm-hmm. That was tough because it's like, it's one of those things like when you're friends, when you're like really good friends with somebody and then like they stop hanging out with you, but like they like get married and have a successful career and have kids and you're like, wow, they're really happy and I really wish I could see them more often, but like they've moved on and it's the best thing for them and like that's kind of what that felt like a little bit and I was like I'm seeing a good friend of mine go away but it's the best thing for her we have some questions Mm -hmm. actually I've got a question I'd like to ask here this comes from user Phrasma saves Uh, if you had a couple beers beforehand and really need to pee right now is it acceptable (laughs) to walk out of your own stream to go take care of that I'm gonna say yes well, we can handle one of Haley's <laughs> questions while you're gone. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back, people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, um, I am gonna. Uh, did, did that? Uh, did that uh, user donate to get that question moved to the top of the list? Oh, you know what? Depends no. how bad he had to pee. <laughs> Let's see. Um, we have a question uh, that I would I'm going to wait until Steve gets back but I will at least ask this one um, this also comes from Spartan uh, will the heroes of Carrying Crown go down in history future campaigns is it possible for their actions to influence future stories or are these tales going to be a little more isolated in the HLP canon um, so I'll say every story that we do is in the same universe um, so yes you know you'll the, the ripples of this, like you're definitely gonna see in Skull and Shackles. Like I've already, I've already thrown several connections with the neutral interlude into like the Shackles. So there's gonna be, I mean, I'm not gonna say there's gonna be like cameos from these characters, but like their actions certainly caused um, caused things to change in that campaign as well. And um, you know. <laughs> you might have uh, you might have heard in an epilogue if you were listening that there's a character whose backstory is tied to someone who was influential in freedom fighting in Corvosa and that may come up in Bestow Curse um, so yeah I'd say it's you know it's all a shared universe it's really just as much as <laughs> it's kind of hard because it's all happening at different timelines and I'm not like the Marvel Cinematic Universe writers, <laughs> so like it's a little difficult to keep it all 100% straight and make sure it makes sense timeline-wise. So, oh, one of the things that did get cut out that I it got cut out appropriately because Eclipse already had like a fairly long epilogue, but I did have an entire section on like why Jin was in Corvosa and That's what, what I he was, was doing. To. Yeah. And that's where I, that's why I know that's what he was alluding to, but like specifically, I have a, a, a fairly long like section on that, on like what roughly they were doing. So uh, that's 
I know that's what you're alluding to, but that's like something I, uh, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, something that I didn't do that I, I was like debating doing. And um, it was hard because like I kind of had some of this in the back of my head, like some of the things like I thought maybe he'd be doing, but it never came up at Eclipse wouldn't know it. So I couldn't share it really <laughs> until. So let's ask the other question that I skipped since Steve was gone. Uh, Ultrano asked, uh, do any of you guys mind reflecting on how you've grown as people over the course of the campaign? I, I certainly can talk about this. Um, I, I think I've probably, like, I don't know, milestone-wise, probably grown the least among people here. I have not gotten engaged. I have <laughs> not moved to another state. I did not get a PhD. Um, but what I will say about um, <laughs> about this uh, this show and what we what we've been creating together, I guess maybe this is even larger than just carrying crown. Is that um, like I, I've become so much more comfortable with me as a person and um, and realizing that like the things that I enjoy and the way that I enjoy things aren't things to be ashamed of or hide from others, like. I, I'll just tell people I like bad movies now. I'll just tell people that, like, I build Legos in my free time. I don't give a fuck. Like, that's just who I am. And, like, the 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 responses that I've gotten from the community as, like, I've, like, drank a lot of hams or, like, got into Twilight and shit. It's just, like, very, um, very reassuring that, like, oh, people just like me because I'm me. So I'm just going to do that. And so, and, and so I guess that's like a thank you to all of you guys that it's just like, hey, I can just be myself and people will enjoy that and I don't have to be fake. So um, that's mine. You guys talk about your actual achievements. <laughs> yeah, more people should, more people should like you, Steve. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, my most significant thing I feel like during the podcast was getting engaged to Griffin. <laughs> um... But other things that like happened is I've uh, actually changed um, kind of paths or ca uh, career titles, um, I think four times uh, over the course of the five-year podcast. <laughs> and uh, finally, near the end of this podcast, I ended up in a role that I've kind of been waiting to be in. So that's been very exciting for me. Um, on top of uh, the most major one of Griffin and I, obviously, and then uh, we, it was kind of weird to, as, as I think back, like we went through all of COVID and adjusting to that together, which I know a lot of people went through a lot of things with COVID, but that felt like a major milestone that we were able to put, like think about ourselves and also uh, go through this entire podcast, still somehow make that work and, um, I guess be together in the safest way possible. So that's been uh, that was like a kind of unique situation because that was a long time where we were like talking through everything and like there were a lot of different things that we did with that. But any other life I, achievements? <laughs> I have gone through a lot of life changes since we started the podcast. This was right after. Brooks and I got married that we were really doing like a, we literally a took a podcast things. picture at your wedding yep. yeah yeah we started the show the original website yeah. photo yeah Emily in her wedding dress 
so classy. Uh, but And when we started, I was in graduate school. I was getting my PhD in food science, and uh, that kept me very, very busy. And thankfully, as we progressed in the show, I did eventually graduate and move into industry and get a regular job. And that freed up a lot more time for me to really focus more on writing stories and uh, getting more invested in the numerous stories that we were putting out as the podcast grew. I definitely wouldn't have been able to do all of that when I was still, you know, early on in grad school. So as I progressed and grew up and had more free time, podcasts seemed to grow too. So those things thankfully went hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and don't forget, I mean, you've been pregnant twice. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> oh, so silly. And Brooks, your most substantial change is the uh, changes that you've made to your facial hair, correct? Ah, uh, yes. Pretty big. <laughs> very, very little at this at this moment. If only, if only we had the uh, the bleach and hair dye, uh, oh. <laughs> like we've had in the past. Um, and the only reason that you didn't do that today is because it's all packed up in the new house, right? That's it. That's yeah, and you're, yeah. you're in the old place. The like, reason. yeah, it's only been, it's already been moved. Yeah. yeah the, the only reason, really. I mean, um, it just barely yeah. catches the end, but like, you guys bought a house during the yeah. show, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Steve moved. I did. Yeah. I did move. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say I grew very much in like my, I guess, ability to speak on radio. I'll go with that route. Is, uh, I, I think, I think my achievements would would pretty much mirror Emily's, you know, PhD and all. Um, <laughs> BD, uh, GG. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I, I think I'm I'm certainly a lot more comfortable with, with talking on radio, which was something that I really, really didn't think I'd ever be able to do it's weird you've been doing it for five years (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Uh, I mean obviously I got tatted and jacked I mean what can I say (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've had the most personal growth here (laughs) straight tats and gains I think I think I've really uh, grown as a storyteller. I think, you know, this is probably the most grueling boot camp of a thing that a, that a game master can put themselves through, like subjecting themselves to <laughs> hundreds the of thousands of people listening to their every, you know, their every plot hook and every flub and every rules mistake and whatever. Um, and it... It is kind of grueling, and it makes you, but it makes you grow. It's one of those things that, um, you know, like a boot camp of sorts. It's like, I, I feel like I'm a professional game master, which I could not say. Um, you know, I could not say at the start of this show. I could not say halfway through this show, um, and I only, you know, at the end here, feel like I can say it with confidence. But it's. It's a 
I mean, it's a lot to to go through for five years. It's a lot to put. It's a lot to give of yourself uh, to like to tell a story that lasts that long. Even if it is, you know, a pre-written story. I feel like Carrying Crown is our story, the one that we released. Um, and you know, you kind of come out of the other side of that like confident. Like Steve said, it's like um, you know it's really validating to have you guys like enjoy what we did. Um, I'll second that just, just the amount of positivity that we've got from the finale and just the, the campaign in general, there were people, there was a bunch of people and I think there are people on the stream right now um, who just like dropped in the episode um, description cha or discussion channel or hit us up on Twitter. And we're just like, thank you for the show. Just like very simply like, thanks for this. And like, Man, that made me feel good. Like, yeah. just like people appreciate this, and like we're this, you know, it hasn't always been easy, but like this has been a, a, a good avenue for for personal growth for all of us, and just that like it has an a, an impact and effect on anybody is uh, is a marvel to me. I, I'm 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 very I feel very um, maybe not sa I mean satisfied is a word for it, but like fulfilled I guess is a better way to put it that like that this was all worth something. And uh, yeah, I have to say, I, I also very much appreciated all the thank yous because I've spent four to six hours of my week every week on both editing and recording this podcast for five years. And it would have sucked if it just ended. <laughs> it would have sucked so hard. Like, I'm, I'm Griffin, you're you're in the same boat as far as like amount of time spent. I'm sure it just it would have sucked. Yeah. I wasn't gonna let it end poorly. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that without like the, the honestly like the thank yous made it feel a lot better because it's a lot of time we put in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I, I think that's the hardest thing to learn because you only get to do it once. Is like how do you stick the landing on something like this? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you, right. you stick the landing once. Yeah, and so you. It's not. It's something that you just have to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt. I felt like we stuck it in the best way that we yes. could have. At least in a way that was genuinely us. Yeah, I think that was. I think they did great. At it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. The one last team slurp. Very much. <laughs> we made it. Steve set the landing on that one. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> was asking for it. Yeah. I looked at it in anticipation. I wonder if it's coming. It was coming. I can't believe no one's called me out on how shitty I delivered that. <laughs> I was like, ah, thanks for all the Patreon dollars, and I've moved past that. But no, I moved past it. Seems like nobody else has. Nobody responded. Like, Steve, you did this really unprofessionally. I tried to get out, but you funny. drug me back in. I thought it was funny, and nobody laughed. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so yeah, keep, guys, uh, just a. Uh, a reminder here we got some questions in but if you want priority on your questions make sure you donate to the coral reef uh alliance alliance yep. alliance there <laughs> uh save the oceans um but in the meantime do Emily, we have you want to drop that link back in the chat please yeah yeah because remember this is a charity stream uh, here but um if we have more questions love to answer them otherwise i have more i've got some good ones He's got a couple, but if you I have, drop I, I honest. do have questions uh, somewhere here. All right, Sir Newt uh, has asked, um, 
where is uh, Skulls and Jackals going to take place in timeline? And is it a completely separate one? Now, he did preference that with uh, not sure what question I missed. Yeah, so, so same timeline, it takes place after Carrying Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, not far after Carrying Crown, but after it. <laughs> okay. Jeez, I think Skull and Shackles was like one of the. <laughs> They're very close in the release timeline. Yeah. Cool. And then let's see. Um, sorry, I've got to scroll a bit now. Oh no. Okay, uh, just have I was asked a question for Griffin. The professional organizational skills, were these developed for work and applied to the pod or vice versa? Uh, first off, they're not professional. <laughs> uh, and uh, second off, uh, I think for the podcast, the biggest blessing has been that I have recorded material to go back to because I don't take a ton of notes on this stuff. I just listen to it twice. Um and, and because I do that, I'm, I'm pretty good on, you know, what has happened, what is going on, etc. Um, I'd say I've, I've, like, learned to utilize OneNote a lot for my, at least my GM prep. Um, I, uh, I learn new things every day from people like Corey that just, like, utilize the shit out of Foundry and, and like, have you know, all their stuff at their fingertips, and it's, like, awesome. Uh, I'm not prepped to that that level yet, but I, you know, I, I aspire to that. Um, but I, I, think, I think part of it comes from work. I think part of what makes me the GM that I am is, is what I do for a living, which is, you know, I'm, I'm a financial professional, and so I do quick math, hundred percent of the day um, and, and that's why you'll hear it on the show sometimes I know people's roles like before they do I have their stuff calculated just because I'm really quick with that and so that's never been something I've struggled with as a GM and um, it lets me it, it lets me not really worry about the math of things and focus on other stuff in the game um, which I think is a, is a boon and a, and a proficiency that I have that not everyone else will have. Um, but I'm about as organized to work as I am at, at the pod. So, um, you know, I, I try and take everything twice. I feel like I remember something if I, if I've reviewed it twice. Um, and that's something I've developed since I was, you know, in school, um, but has served me well in my professional career. Eric has given us permission to ask his question. Permission to lighten the fucking mood here, because we're here to party and hang out with you guys. Um, question for Steve. <laughs> question for Steve. <laughs> How many epilogue pages were cut out in favor of Fade to Black? Um, there's actually oh. a real answer for this. It's that I wrote the epilogue and it ended with like Saw and Anya being cute together in like laying in the forest or whatever and then that was the end of it and then I was I, and, and then I added the part about then like like two days later I added the part where she like mounts him essentially and then like two days after that I just typed fade to black under it so I didn't <laughs> cut anything out it was just like a rolling series of like 
you know what? Maybe I could push this a little further. No, I bet I can push it even further. And then I sent it to Griff, and I didn't hear anything back, so I was like, all right, it's approved. I said, this is so genuinely Steve that I'm not going to touch it. Exactly. <laughs> Talk about being your genuine self. That that one was your genuine self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I like that. FTB, fade to the- black or fix it to bow. All the above, baby. All the above. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the fade to black was all of the the Twilight Saga. Hey, well, you know, he's he just wants to get a fade to black in every show, guys. You gotta let him. He, he got his in in Bestow Curse. Haley, I'll be talking to you soon about Speak with Plants. Absolutely not. <laughs> he's hard as rocks, and he's a bit naughty. I was wondering if maybe you wanted to. To, to, to slam roots sometimes, some you know. God damn it! Oh man, I wish I had my print. Uh, oh, I got a print today uh, for those of you that listen to Speak with Plants. That oh, it's so good. Is, uh, is female Jack, we, and it's uh, we went to a witch market. We went. To oh, it's not a joke. Great. That's so. That's, that's, that's a real thing we went is. to. It, it, it was a witch market. I got a wand. I got several prints. Several I also got a me. very cool print. I got this giant coffin-shaped print that's like a close-up on a lady vampire's mouth, and she's just like drooling down her chest. It's very good, very tasteful. It's oh, very tasteful. I got a bunch of stickers, and then I also mm-hmm. I got a Medusa who had like the crazy eyes, mm-hmm. and I mean like crazy eyes. Yeah, I, I, I also got a dope I, Baba Yaga print for the for the Rainer Winter crew. I also want to shout out a couple other things that I got. I got some pins here. This one says in giant letters, sad. And it says, uh, womb to tomb, life sucks, and then you die. And then I have this other one that looks like a little bit of like a pink like notification. And it says, kink alert. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, really good. Yeah, you can't really see them too well on the stream, but uh, they look great. They're on, on them. Yeah, they're on there. He's Don't wearing worry. Them. I got a bunch of stickers for my hard hat, hard hat at work, uh, so I had to keep them appropriate. I couldn't go with the <laughs> kink alert. Nah, <laughs> unfortunate. Um, oh, I got I got a question from Rye Guy, uh, and it's for Griffin specific. Is is this a uh, donation? Is it a? It yeah, like it's a donation. Yeah. Yeah, call out the donations. Thank you, Rag. I haven't done that yet. Oh, it, thank you, thank you. It forced me to download. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, thank you for the donation. Um, and he's asking, or uh, Rye Guy is asking, could we maybe get one last what is everyone drinking? Ooh, you think you might be able to do a segues? We were talking about these segues earlier. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Uh I'll, I'll give myself an easy start. Uh, Brooks, what you drinking, bud? <laughs> oh, <laughs> taking care my. Of oh, my lord. <laughs> well, well, Griff, uh, I'll tell you what. I have... I, I had something... I had my eye on something special this evening. Yeah. And it, it's a smooge. Yeah. A tropical trip hard smoothie with, with real fruit. Speaking of someone I'd like to smooch. Hey, Haley, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a juicy... I was going to say, I, I was going to say, and I tell you what, it's real thick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a juicy, simply spiked strawberry peach, which is squeezed, then concentrated. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of a peach, I'd like to squeeze. Hey, 
What up, bro? So I'm right now. I'm drinking some Arizona hard iced teas. This one's with that peach. Um, but I will say that I just finished a uh, alien church here from that twisted hands. A tired hands. Sorry. Speaking of someone whose hands must be tired, being married to Brooks. Hey, Emily. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am also drinking a smooge this evening orange cream because I am living the dream tonight. Hmm. Speaking of someone who's living the dream and ready to cream, hey, it's me, Griff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm drinking a simply spiked strawberry peach, baby. We're going to the bar after this. <laughs> <laughs> that worked for everybody? Was that a good one? Thank that you guys for the softball. Yeah, that was great. That was a good that one. That was really good. <sighs> oh, well, I, I think I, uh, I need to I need to grab a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. We are about <laughs> we are about uh, what an hour and a half, almost an hour and a half yeah. into this. Um, do we want to maybe take a? Uh, five minute break for everybody to refresh drinks and, and have a bathroom break and then we'll yeah. get back on the stream um, we can do a five minute break it's going to say starting soon but it's the five minute break sign <laughs> alright uh, so perfect folks we're going to take a uh, we're going to take a quick pause um, uh, I know I said five minutes but let's call it uh, 9.30 eastern when we'll be back uh and uh, if, if you want to keep throwing questions in the chat, keep throwing them in the chat. Um, I have a uh, I have a bone to pick with questions. I want to finish them. <laughs> and and uh, save the coral reefs, guys. Don't yeah, forget save, to save the coral reefs. <laughs> donate to uh, the Coral Reef Alliance uh, because it's a really cool charity. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple minutes. All right. Brooks, lose the shirt. <laughs> We're back! <laughs> Oops! <laughs> Oops! Oh, that was so funny! <laughs> Welcome back, folks! Hey, hey, oh, hey everybody! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> didn't, didn't see you there. Welcome back with that demand from Steve! <laughs> <laughs> We're like, Brooks, lose the shirt! <laughs> Oh man! Uh, oh my god! <laughs> that couldn't have been timed more. So <laughs> Holy shit! Oh. Okay. Well, that's what the back half is like, folks. Uh, all right, we have some questions. Sure. <laughs> Chris asked, "What were each of your most memorable monsters you fought or ran?" I know mine. Go for it. But I fought the Nethalgu. Yep. I literally have one here with me. <laughs> yep, the Nethalgu is like a really big part of the early show. Yeah, it mm. was. Mm hmm. I. You know, I, I don't know if I have a, a real answer for this question. I would have to think on it a little bit more. This is a good question. Um, but I think one that I don't think people talk about enough is um, 
is the episode 101 uh, Tangle of Bodies ah, that we all had to yeah, for. The, mm-hmm. Was it the corpse orgy? Is that no, right? No, it wasn't or? a corpse orgy. It was, it was a... Um, I'll have to think on it. It was like a, it was a, it was like a construct thing. Yeah, like made out of corpses. But like McCann, I don't like the battle itself. I don't think was terribly memorable. That's no shade. It was just like, all right, we we fought a bunch of things like that. But it was the fact that we closed out episode one hundred, and it was like you're about to fight like this disgusting amalgamation of your old friends. Yeah, that was, was like, uh, whoa, okay. Yeah, the crooked kin. Mm-hmm. This is this is hard. I've run a lot of monsters. Um, I think one of my favorites that uh, that also doesn't get brought up a ton was the color out of space. Oh sure. Um, oh. That that was just like such a such a cool stat block. Like it was just you could tell that. Um, and I, I don't know exactly who wrote the stat block, but you could tell they had a lot of love for the source material because there was a lot of like really interesting abilities that that creature had that were very evocative of the story of the color out of space, um, and just like uh, an incorporeal ooze is also so rough. <laughs> yes. And then the way that it ended too, where it's like it disappears into space, and it's like wow, this is kind of like. How you win in a Lovecraft story, right? You like never really let it win. It just like gets away. You just hope it doesn't come back in your own in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I see uh, Chris in the chat saying it led to Sad Matumbe, if I recall correctly. I think that's right. He was bad Matumbe before that. No, evil for a second. No, Sad Matumbe. Sad Matumbe was Was, uh, uh, from the. He got like drained in gray. Yeah, it was from. Oh well, he did. You did. Oh, yeah, you also became yeah. sad. You were sad for a while, man. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, it was a completely pin. different character. It was great. It was. Well, it's because great. like he he like peered upon the color out of space and it like started. He got like, melancholy. It color blighted mm-hmm. him. You know? Mm-hmm. No, he got color blight, but then melancholy came from the next one. Yeah, melancholy came from when everybody <laughs> went insane. It's two different um, kinds of sadness. Steve. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't leave. That was a th- that was a big thing with yeah, the, with the yeah. Space, like you were you were the one that like refused to leave on Diomed Manor. Was that the one? Uh, Spartan's asking about the librarian. Um, was that him? Uh, it was around that time. It's tough because yeah, I had like I think that a did, that did create on. the librarian. Yeah, yeah, that. It was it was post that fight that uh, you got amnesia. There was five different times this campaign. Yeah, there was like five different times this campaign where you're like something radically shifts with the way you need to role play this character, and I'm like, I got fucking it. try me. <laughs> this is what I do. I feel like both fruit fights were pretty memorable for totally different reasons. Oh sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the, then the repeat. The yeah, dream. the part two was a particularly sadistic ad <coughs> by me as a GM. Yes, you monster. Uh, I mean, him, <laughs> him being a vampire was a particularly sadistic ad by me as a GM. Yeah. Um, you guys made it, but... 
Oh, speaking of vampire, would now be a good time for us to show off the prints we were talking about before uh, we took a break? Oh, we can. Yeah. Well, let's let, uh, does Brooks have an answer to the question? Do you have something? To- no, I didn't think it was that important for him to answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say, man, I, I almost want to change my answer after that. <laughs> I, I would say the saw fight. I mean, the monster to fight. You know, an, yeah. another one that I think, like, it, at the moment was super tense uh, was the the Vargoyle fight. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. Like, and then and then we had, like, the whole episode of you guys, like, like riding running back. back to yeah, time. everyone talks about that one, too. And, yeah. like, and I'm, like, and I'm like literally rolling in front of you, like, the how many hours you have left to live. <laughs> it's it's tough for, uh, for me to, like, really nail down, like, when our show was hitting the hardest. But I feel like that's a, a really tough stretch to beat where it was, like, Vargul to running home to Viv like scratching on the door to Emily's character dying to the eulogies to the finale. It was just like, man, that like grouping of 10 episodes was just fucking wild. Yeah. Well, and you had like yeah. the trial before that. Which yeah. Was, like, um, you know, I think when like our role playing started to shine. Yeah, we. I, I do think we we like hit our stride in book, book two, two where we like figured out podcasting. Yeah, book two is where we figured it out. I going back to Brooks's original answer, which I originally wrote off. Um, the 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 Saw Ikmer fight definitely always will have a special place in my heart because like that was that was like sort of the beginning of the period of time where Brooks and Emily were living in the same apartment complex as me. So we were driving to Haley and Griff's house together to record these episodes and like leading into that fight, we were like playing a bunch of like heavy metal in the car on the way over. And I'm just sitting in the back seat, like, Oh boy, like Griff and I have been talking a lot and like, this we might this may be like a fight to the death but like maybe <laughs> saw comes out of this as like kind of a good guy and like i'm so excited and i can't wait and uh, i specifically remember we listened to, on the day that we recorded episode 100 when we were driving over we listened to a song called presence of strength by fever 333 and i like i i have a, a very specific memory of like crossing a specific street listening to that song fucking as loud as the car could play it like blasting it having a great time like ready to fucking throw down and uh, that's that's a very it's a it's very random but a very special memory to me i really enjoyed that That touches my heart. Did you, I, did you want to show the prince? Wholeheartedly agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do the prince now. Uh, do you want do you want to go, go first? Go you ahead, me? Okay. Steve. So this is, my, this is the vampire lady that's getting hung up in my, uh, in my apartment. It's a little coffin. Pretty excited about it. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know what it's I was awesome. uh, <laughs> I get the Bobby fully Yaga. expecting. <laughs> I think you got a chicken head. I think you got a yeah, diagonal. Yeah, you got a diagonal, oh. man. No, the other way. Oh, yep. There you yep. go. No, diagonal. No, no, di- yes, <laughs> there we go. I realized it was a diamond. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And then, that's um, so cool. that's, yeah, that's. For those of you that spooky. listen to Speak with Plants, uh, I like to imagine Jack's head is the one between the thighs. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Femme Jack. And then I got my crazy-eyed Medusa. Okay, that way. But 
all I got a bunch, of, I got a bunch yeah. of stickers, yeah. too. She specifically looks like some characters I've seen online. Um, yeah, in a couple <laughs> capacities. <laughs> I'm, like that's cool, Steve. I just don't want you to talk about it though. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Like that's cool. No, I didn't need to hear that. I, 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 I want to hear it. Thank you. <laughs> you enjoy you. <laughs> um, just, just don't put that. Just don't put that up in the guest room. Don't put it up in the bed. It would be. <laughs> it's on the ceiling above the bed. <laughs> what other questions do we have from the chat? <laughs> Let's see. Um, I know there's more asks. Um, 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 hang on, sorry. Uh, because I know there's some asks, but I don't even think about looking at it. Oh, you know what? Chris asked like two of them right in a row. Um, and Chris asked another one, which was, what backup characters had you created that never saw an episode? Or concepts? Uh, I don't have one. Um, Durin was my backup for Matumbe since the beginning of book two, and then I introduced him, and I've had character deaths since then, but never needed to seriously think about bringing anybody else in, so that was it, honestly. Uh, I think that's going to be across the board the answer. I didn't see any backup characters. Yeah, I, this group. I'm really bad, and Griffin uh, was not very pleased with me at first because I don't like to make backups at all. Um, I really don't because I don't have any... I like. It's really hard for me to even think about... I'm probably going to be better at it now, but it's hard for me to think about how to fit in a character when I have no idea when or where they could possibly come in. <laughs> so I'm like not good at that, and... But I knew I wanted to play a wizard at some point, so I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll play that class, because at some point I want to play that. But that that's about as far as I got. I had Freya made up ahead of time, uh, to some degree. I had an idea of what I wanted to do with her. Obviously, I brought her in and then needed another backup character, so all mine got used. <laughs> you and I worked on Uska. Yes. Yeah, that was a really fast turnaround in a pretty chaotic point in my life. I was in the middle of the move up here and I had started a new job and I needed a character in like <laughs> a week or two. Yeah. And that was terrifying. Yep. Uh, so the idea for Uska's uh, like being related to Freya, I had a couple ideas and I couldn't quite leave that one be. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is too gimmicky. But it fits so well, I couldn't leave it alone. But I did have a lot of help actually like building up Uska as a character, or as a class. Yeah, that was, that was fun for me when, when you were like, you know, like I really want to play like Freya's daughter. And I was like, you mean the one that's only alive because of this wish? <laughs> Absolutely, you could do that. <laughs> Can we make her a tiefling because the wish was from a demon? Such a good boon. Yeah, that was fun. Brooks, I didn't hear any of your backups past Air Bear. Mm-hmm. I think I, uh, honestly, like Air Bear was, you know, late in the late in the you know end of book three, and as long as he didn't die in book four, like there wasn't really much need for a backup past that. Well, I thought we were talking about, like, if Air Bear got killed, like, we were going to bring Willie B up into the major leagues. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a... 
Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, that was a significant possibility. Maybe. I'm so good. Breeze in the summer wind. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard the Willy Bean so long. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> uh, I you got anything else? Can you read that? I don't know if that's. I don't know who that is. Who? So. What? This one. Oh, a uh, question for Griff. What advice did you get from Joey Richter re running Carrying Crown? I don't know who that is, so that's uh, why I didn't want to ask it at first. It's Joe from um, Wheeler Well. Yeah, our boy. Yeah. We love um, you. Love you, Joey. Jeez, um, I mean, like, he gave me some advice about the prison. Because I think, I mean, that at, at that point, you know, they they ran, like, books one and two, I think. Um, or, like, stopped at some point into book two. So he mostly just gave me advice on how to run the haunts in the prison. Um which was great. I mean, like, super helpful. Like, I think the idea to do the um, Piper and Father Charlatan uh, haunts at the same time came from him. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that was that was the crux of it, pretty much. Mostly prison talk at that point. It was real early. He sent us all the maps too, right? He did. Like the maps. Sweetheart that he is. Like yeah. we were done playing it and he had like laminated maps of every city in Usul. Oh yeah, I cool? remember that. And he sent them yeah. to us and it was really sweet of him. Mm-hmm. We should put those up. Yeah, we should probably do that. We have those. I mean, they're like probably right below my feet in the basket or There's something. There's the, uh, <laughs> I also bought the, the Carrying Crown like promo poster somewhere too. Oh yeah, that's gotta go up somewhere. These prints, but we forget forgetting our roots. Sorry, we're we, yeah we're 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 throwing away our roots for, for horny pumpkin lady. I, you know, I, I gotta remember my roots. <laughs> no, that's some roots I'm thinking about. Yeah. You know. All right, uh, we got Let's any more see. questions in the chat here? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Kaido or Nathaniel has asked, "What are you most excited about starting a new mainline show?" <laughs> yeah, two E yeah, is definitely an exciting point. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Like, I tried to show you that I have mastered the entirety of the one E system. I threw Mythic in there, eight PC, nine PCs, fucking templates, templates, four round final fight, <sighs> and I am the master of one E. And and now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah, transparently, like. It just got to a point where this is very fun. I'm done with 1E at this point. Just, like, well, yeah, once it once it got high enough level, it's like, you know, you guys can listen to me run these things and, uh, you know, kill myself with eight characters and whatever. And it's like, it's a lot of work to do that. It's a lot more work to do that than it is to do in 2E. And uh, so I'm very excited to run it into E, where it, I, I think mainly it's just like I'm excited to not be juggling between systems so much. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm very excited about that one set of rules. 
Uh, I'm also really excited about this new character that I'm bringing in. So that, that was my answer too. That, I'm, like, I'm so hyped, and I, generally pirates. I'm I'm playing a role that I ha- I don't think I've ever played on the HLP before. I'm not going to say what it is yet because it's not that time. But it's a role that I haven't played that I'm really excited about playing, and it's also really cool. Like we were talking about this earlier, like. You know, we've learned a lot of things, you know, going through this campaign and starting other campaigns and stuff. And like, I just sent the first draft of my character sheet and my character backstory to Griff a couple days ago. Um, and I think it's solid, both both like cons- like mechanically as a character. And I've got like a good like ABC, like three part story that I think kind of have worked out in my head with enough ambiguous for Griff to play with. Um, I'm very, very excited to play a a new character, and I can't wait to get started. Awesome. Campbell's? Campbell's, yeah. Just 2E mechanics, for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, just late game is so much more... Like, you look forward to it much more, I feel like. I am very excited that this is an aquatic themed campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all the characters I play. You are. Yeah, that tracks. Kira and Sylvie would work well in a aquatic themed campaign, like for the swashbuckler for mm-hmm. Sylvie. So now it's the whole thing. I'm very excited. Now you get to have three aquatic characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say, you know, and I know the rest of the group echoes this sentiment. Uh, very excited to have Chris playing with us. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited about yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Chris and I have been talking about his character concept, and I love it, too. I am super hyped for Chris's character as well. I'd, I'd love to to see what Chris says in the chat, what he's most excited for, because I know he's been hanging out with us tonight in the chat, um, because he's, he's, like, all in on this, too. He's very excited. Oh, he did a little cry face. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, and uh, someone in the chat asked... Will everyone here be returning for Skull and Shackles? Yes. Mm-hmm. Plus Chris. Sir. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The party's just getting bigger. <laughs> no one's going away. Chris said <laughs> 2 <Chris a> PvP. <laughs> Chris. That's a good answer. <laughs> ship to ship combat with my own ship. Uh, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. I can't wait to broadside lifeboats. <laughs> <laughs> Going over to that island. Boom. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. I think this is a question. It got a little confusing. This, um. Argo Motive has asked, not a question, but glad y'all acknowledged Tyrus Grass uh, with Matumbe. I love hate that IP. Y'all's thoughts? Question mark. So, uh, I say question, making yeah. it a question. Yeah. <laughs> um. A, a very long time ago what what we were going to do after carrying crown and what we were going to do on the patreon and what we were going to do as another show has changed 20 times like we talk about like oh well, this ap would be cool or we'd like to do this in a certain way and um i, I think transparently probably before um uh, uh, find the path did tyrant's grasp we were talking about potentially doing tyrant's grasp after this because it tracks because it ties well um, yeah. now this was a conversation that we had almost five years ago so clearly didn't go anywhere because find the path is doing an amazing job with that um and it's also you know not something that we're interested in right now uh but 
I think that was our our little. That's well. That's something that I wanted to do in like the back half, having or like the epilogue, having a Ferasmin PC is like acknowledge that AP and how it is tied into the the AP that we completed. Um, I don't know. There's there's narrative things that I don't love about it, but I still think it's cool. I maintain that Return of the Rune Lord should have been the last AP, uh, but yeah. that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Um, or at least the one that closed out the system. I, I think what I think what did it for me is like, you know, we love and respect to find the path crew mm -hmm. and like we weren't going to, you know, step on their no. toes once they no. started playing it. Um, and they're doing a fantastic job. So you should just go listen to them run it. Um, to, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, they had the same professional courtesy to us as to let us know what they're doing. Yeah. Us let, let them know what they're doing so that we could run Iron Fang, you know. So, um, so it's not, it's not something that I, I'm kind of in the, in the business of not being interested in, um, in retreading where my friends have already tread. I know mm -hmm. we're not like, you know, we're not the people that are making the Boku bucks in this industry, but by the same token, um, it feels kind of hacky to me to be like buddy buddy with people and then like try and play their AP. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so it's, it's kind of been off the table for me for a long time. Um, that said, I think it's a really cool uh, start of an adventure. I think uh, you know it's it's a bit it's a well a bit it's a lot more survival horror than this is. So it could be cool uh, because it's kind of like a different genre of horror for this group. Um, but I'm going to say this out the other side of my mouth. I'm so fucking tired of horror. Now. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired of it. And I'm so fucking ready to do pirates. Yeah. Because I, pirates are like a fucking happy place for me. So like, I, I'm so you know, excited. I'm, I'm ready to do, I'm ready to do something that is unabashedly fun and not, um, not so bleak. Yeah. That's Dude, I'm so hyped for that. The heaviness. Yeah. Mm, mm -hmm. I, you know, I love this campaign, but God, it was bleak. My, you, you guys know me. I got sat on my fucking shirt. My favorite anime is Attack on Titan. Like, I love depressing shit. But like, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, we did a. I think we did a great gothic horror campaign. If we just did another one, like another it would just, it would just kind of like feel like, I don't know. It, it helps build our portfolio in a good way to like change genres. Well, I think Bestow Curse right, did the same right. thing. It's yeah. like we cha we changed with Bestow Curse, and now like that's a lot of people's favorite show. Yeah, like, you know, it's like oh, these guys can do an urban campaign. Oh, let's see if they can do a swashbuckling campaign. Like, and spoiler alert, we can. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> A professional GM, I already told you this. I'm earlier. I'm really excited though because we'll have uh, we'll be doing a wilderness campaign, mm -hmm. an urban campaign, and uh, the pirate one. <laughs> and, and frankly, that just helps keep it fresh, like for us. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Boy, yeah. Like if we were playing Carrion Crown and Tyrant's Grasp and like a Hell's Vengeance, I'd be like, "Fuck, Christ, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> you need to relax a little bit." Yeah, like, I mean, we put ourselves in the characters, and so, like, when it gets dark and depressing, like, you feel it, so, like, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to put ourselves in a brand new situation and, like, just ha ha be able to have so much fun, fun with it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We have another question. Sir Newt asked, uh, and this is, oh, this isn't. 
I said that like it was an announcement, but it's it's a normal question. Uh, <laughs> Sir Newt asked, "What is everyone's favorite TV rule and mechanic?" Who? Mm. Uh, I love the medicine system. I think, you know, it's, it's maybe not a specific rule, but I, I love the non-cleric, like, you know, healery healing. I love the fact that you can have a, you can have a savvy, like, battle medic fighter that's, like, actually proficient at what, what, what a field medic should be doing. You know, I, I think that's, I really like that's that. one of the coolest parts of the system to me is that um, in and out of combat skills matter, but specifically medicine is it has gotten just like a huge boon. Does it feel hacky to just say the three action system? Like kind of a little bit, but Christ, it's just so nice to open it up where if I want to move three times, I can move three times. If I want to attack three times, I can attack three times. If I want to attack, do a knowledge check and move, I can do that. That's It, it just makes di- uh, com- combats feel so dynamic no matter what you're playing. That's probably my answer. I like the simplicity of reactions in second edition because I always get confused with uh, using like a swift action, swift and immediate, immediate action, free, like it just it starts to meld together in my head. So we noticed just... that in, in Mythic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? I'm gonna put a coda on my answer. It's the three action system with magic, in that you can have a spell that's only one action, and then you can like run up to someone and stab them with a dagger, or you spend a full round doing something really powerful or a spell that takes two actions and you can do something else. I think the three action system with magic is what I really, really love. Brooks, answer these questions. Come on, man. And pop that shirt off. I, I was, I was going <laughs> to say the three action system, but I'll bring up something that's also I, what I feel like incredibly like fresh was was the the buff like the buff and the debuff system is just so much cleaner now yeah i i totally agree with that i mean again it goes back to like skills mattering it goes back to like every plus one mattering like you feel important in like you're not that your bard didn't feel important in in one e but like that plus one means so much more in second edition at early yeah. levels. Um, like it, it, it makes a, it makes or breaks a party. The mathematical emphasis on teamwork mm-hmm. is so nice, mm-hmm. in that you just mm-hmm. don't. Ha- you, I mean, sure, you can have a more effective character than other characters, but like people don't really outshine each other as much in the system and it's like we need to work together to achieve things in 2e combats and that's what i really like because i if i wanted to just be good at something i wouldn't play these games with you guys i would just play video games like i just play by myself and do well like i like playing ttrpgs (laughs) because we work together and do awesome things Uh, yeah, mine's mine's just tied there with the magic system and the medicine, and I think that's because I see it a lot with Mir, and it's fun. Um, uh, sorry, I don't know where I had other questions. 
Uh, we have a silly question from Newt. Sure. How far into the new show does Steve start flirting with Chris's character? Immediately. <laughs> we'll see. Some bets were know. 45 minutes. We haven't, really, we haven't really talked about romance in the new pl- or the uh, the new campaign. I don't know if that's something I'm interested in in the in the new campaign. We'll see. Old Cherno has asked, "Do y'all still game for fun? If yes, do you play Pathfinder or do you play other systems?" Yes, mostly Pathfinder. <laughs> no room for anything else. <laughs> no room in my head for anything else. I I actually don't play anything outside of the um, podcast. Which uh, I'm okay with because honestly, I I have a lot of fun uh, playing in the podcast. So um, I have a lot of fun running the Speak with Plants now, and I have a lot of fun when we play the Stokers. And I'm sure I will have tons of fun with uh, Skulls and Shackles. But I uh, don't play much outside, and and honestly, your schedules are really busy, um, and so. I don't have a lot of other time to play outside of that without having this be all that I do. And I have a lot of other hobbies that I like to do. So I I already play for fun. It's just recorded too. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of my answer there. You guys are all yeah. in the game together. So it's different. We got our Wednesday yeah. off day game with Tim G- being the GM. Off pod, um, we're playing Rain of Winter. It, uh, Tim converted it to second edition. Um, we are in book two, I believe, right? Book two, yep. Um, and I'm going to call out classes real quick because that's fun. I'm playing a, one of them sniper gunslingers. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a fighter with a Beastmaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brooks, what are you playing? A, uh, an, an herbalist. Uh, cleric. cleric. Emily? I'm playing a construct inventor. Yeah. Loads of fun. It's dope. Yeah. And and then Steve, uh, Steve and I Chris? also uh, play this Chris other game bard. together. It's uh, where are where are our hands? Mm-hmm. Where are our hands? <laughs> yeah, it that one got pretty tough when you guys moved away. <laughs> Play, playing that game over Skype is isn't quite the same. <laughs> in VR. <laughs> oh, uh, we got a quick question here from Giuseppe. How many dice is enough? And the answer is none. Uh, like there is no amount that There's is not an enough. That is enough. <laughs> there is not an amount that's too much or too little. It's all. Uh, it's all feel. What? It's all feel, baby. It's all sensations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so funny. It's a joke. Nobody in the chat knows to laugh along to. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's wearing corduroy pants. But I promise you it's funny. We just got uh, from Argo Motive uh, another uh, oddly phrased question. Sure. <laughs> question. We'll take a mod. Good dwarven name? Question mark. Given and clan. What? Uh, I think they're looking for dwarven like a given names. Given name suggestions. and a clan name. Yeah. Uh, Borgren the Bold. I thought you were oh. gonna say Borgren the Bulge. <laughs> That's his clan name. That's his clan name. Borgren the Bulge. <laughs> <laughs> when you said the bull, I was like, oh no, he's gonna do it. <laughs> That's so silly. 
<laughs> Thorsten the Turgid. Oh God. Uh, when I, I in uh, in in high school, uh, my. <laughs> Uh, the, the language that I, dwarven names. Yeah, actually, a little bit. The, okay. the language that I took was, I mean, not really, but the language that I took was Latin, and uh, a lot of it was, like, Roman history stuff. And so uh, there was this project where me and a couple of my friends had to, like, make a character and then, like, talk about him and then, in, like, use some Latin names from, like, Rome or whatever. And his name was uh, Sextus Maximus Bubbo, which is Sextus <laughs> the Big Crotch. <laughs> Uh, my my buddy uh, my my buddy and uh, we were taking a Spanish class in middle school, and his last name was Sax, like S A X, and they had everyone take a Spanish name. Uh, so he took Cristobal Sax. Mm. So he went by Cristobal Sax. Christ, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good for a sixth <laughs> grader. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Campbell's, you got anything? I mean, Freya and Uska are great dwarven names, but I don't think I ever gave them a clan name. There's no time like the present. Okay. Think the clan's good. motto is, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah. Freya the Helpful. I got nothing. I'm not yeah, I got nothing. This that. is not for me. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's not for you. No, as in I'm not good at. I don't. I don't do the pun stuff. Okay. Mm. I've never. I've never done the pun stuff, and I can. So no, I'm not gonna have a good dwarven name. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. Um. Let's see. There's a lot of agreeance on some of the stuff we said about two. Well, Borg and the Bulge, yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot, a lot of people like the Bulge. Um, <laughs> I bet they do. Uh, Eric uh, Tenlanum says, "Us, have we started the betting pool on what Disney character inspiration Emily brings in?" Unfo- hey, hey, Emily, you, you screwed up doing Ariel in uh, in Carrying yeah. Crown with Skull and Shackles around the corner. <laughs> Oh, believe me, I have felt that when I've been <laughs> working on my Skulls and Shackle character. I'd, like, get down a rabbit hole, and I was like, oh, I want to do this and this. This is so cool. And I'd be reading more and more, and be like, this is awesome. And then I take a step back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm building Lyra again. I did it again. <laughs> I, I have to go, like, completely different. I can't, as much as I love Lyra, I can't just play her again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandable. You could play the 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 opposite in Ariel. <laughs> don't, don't even try to. Uh, a girl Ariel, the really Tengu monk, is just sea. in the air all the time. <laughs> She's fish from the waist up, human from the waist down. <laughs> pretty sure I came up with a great name for my character. So I'm pretty excited Emily, about is that your one. character based on? We talked about this. I thought. So I I have it's loosely I, loosely based. Yes, I have some inspiration, but I'm I'm not doing like soul right, Disney right, princess right. inspiration, but I do have some. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give one of them? If you're willing. If you're willing. Oh. Be a nice be a nice teaser for the fans. 
Oh, are you sure the listeners deserve it? I don't know. I don't know. Have they been donating? (laughs) Coral reefs are looking a little light. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I can give uh, one inspiration. Nothing is quite... I haven't officially locked everything in yet, but I have been drawing a little inspiration from the Disney movie Mulan. She picked one of the uh, Battle Zoo ancestry dragons, so she will be a bear shoe. Sorry, <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, oh, right? I thought she was pretending to be a dude. <laughs> She's doing a reverse Mulan. <laughs> She's doing her. <laughs> you already know the the name then for my character. Naloon. Naloom. Perfect. Naloom is actually pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Certainly not bad. Uh, we got, we got a. Let's see. Christian. That's why I was double checking everything that I could find, and making sure that there was nothing sent to the email because I've been checking that. Good. Um, but it takes a minute for that to reload. <laughs> Let's see. Um. Yeah. Oh, Chris has asked, what was the most offensive episode title name that didn't make the cut? I don't know. A lot of them made the cut. <laughs> most of them did make yeah. the cut. They're, yeah, it, yeah they're, that, they're, they're getting great in the library pretty early on. <laughs> episode two is Horny Horace and the Pretty Lady. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, we right. had, like, no limits. I think, I think we... I think we did were going to name... I think we were... There was a... Something pretty vile for the plant piss episode. Mm. I don't remember yeah, them. I can't. I can't remember one from Carrion Crown. Um, last week we went to a, uh, a pirate metal band uh, concert, and uh, mid set I leaned over to you and asked if we could call episode one of Skull and Shackles "Yo Ho Ho" and a bottle of gum. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I was shot down. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I just couldn't manufacture a situation in episode one where you're gonna come. Right? <laughs> it's gonna be a bomb. It's gonna make sense. I mean, I mean, no, I, I'm sure it will happen it in episode one, but sense. a full bottle is like <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, you have to work up to, like throughout the campaign for that for something that special. Steve just has it remain on the table. Yeah, the episode name remains on the table. <laughs> There definitely have been episode titles where we're like, that's pretty funny, but we could never do it. Um, I can't remember any of them right now. Oh, yeah, Chris, <laughs> you're you're not wrong. We did joke about that one. Uh, Chris wrote oh, a chat yes! here. Mage, magnificent Mage's Masturbatorium no, no, it was, or something. It was because from the episode, I was like, Mr. Magorium's Masturbatorium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of those were like, no, we can't do that. We absolutely can't. Wasn't there one where we... Ch- I feel like there was one where we tried to get, put like piss in the name or something, and we got like starred out or something. We did. Oh yeah, yeah we did. That might have been the uh, the tree episode. Maybe. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but it happened. Wasn't it like Gosmer's piss? Was it yeah, like- it was Gosmer's piss. Oh well. We I don't to, know. Yeah, we had to call it Gosmer's pee. Mm. <laughs> Capital P. 
Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. I I never remember all the titles because I don't I don't always understand them. But I don't, I never remember those titles. Like you guys will sometimes throw like four suggestions, and sometimes it's one and done. You never know. Sometimes you get a gem like Mr. McGorion's Masturbatorium that gets shot down. <laughs> HR's got to interview on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Mage's magnificent masturbatorium. Christ. In a good way. You want to grab one of yours, Steve? Yeah, sure. I've got a really good one, actually. Um, Is it about the masturbatorium? It's not about the masturbatorium. It could be, though. Let's see here. Um... I know what question I want to ask. Where is it? Okay. Art criminal. We're going to go around the table on this one. Okay. What is your personal singular favorite moment in the campaign? What's the moment you're going to use to brag about how fucking dope your campaign was? Why? Why did he have to ask this? That's very, very pointed. Very specific. It's, it's, It's pointed. It's specific. But I think it is appropriate for this stream. I'm going to let all of you answer before I answer. I don't want to color anyone's uh, opinion. I'm going to call on Emily first. Uh Uh-oh. Can I have two answers? Unfortunately, he has... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I feel like the... Our final combat was so epic that, like, that's just the most epic part of the the combat so or of of the whole campaign with all the mythic and things but i think outside of that the the time the moment that i really go to is uh in book two during the trial like against adivion and we're like going back and forth um and having to argue this case i feel like that will always stand out for me and maybe that's because it was really when i was getting into the role playing and really getting super invested because that trial got frustrating in like a good way at times like i we really had to work for it and so i really appreciated i think that that moment in the campaign yeah, I'll, I'll go next. I think there's a non-zero chance at some point in the next like year, I'll be talking to someone who's never heard of this show before, and I'll be like blackout drunk and be like, "We did this evil interlude thing. We're like, I got to play this wear tiger, and everyone was bad, but then like, uh, I worked out. With, eventually, he had this heel turn where like he turned good, but he died, and then he came back, and it was a big thing. But then he got like the 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 like witch that like he was working with took him back and he was like turning this body horror creature and then my boy broke the gem in his eye socket releasing his girlfriend and then he like fought back against her and it was just like the most fulfilling thing i think it's that i think you were asked for a moment steve but no and like that's what it comes to though it's it's when it's when Ikmer broke the soul gem in the eye socket of Sawyer when he was like a disjointed, disgusting body horror creature, and that completely like saved the back half of book six. Like that I think that's what's gonna stick with me the most. That made me really proud of Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I would talk 
I would brag, I guess, I think I would brag a lot about the Abaddon arc as a whole. Mm. Because that was really uh, pivotal, where like everyone came together to travel to a different plane to save Eclipse. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, got classics like Gorgon Ramsay in the cold. Well, night. also <laughs> going through this crazy, silly competition that was very fun and meeting a new character. I think that was really fun. That was the fucking fastest I've homebrewed combat or homebrewed thing in my life. Insane. Yeah. When it was like insane, that happened. Book four's on pause. I had come up with uh, this fucking thing. Absolutely insane. I think, um, so it's a little hard because that's not a moment. Um, but I, I think that was really awesome. I think the big moment that stands out to me, and this is because it impacts my character the most, is when Eclipse's memories unlock and she actually remembers a lot of the time with her family that she missed entirely. I think people don't talk about episode 200 enough. I think episode 200 was so fucking cool and it was so much fun. It was. And like it was it was very cathartic I think for all of us. Um, I loved episode 200 and I I think I think if you go back and listen to like specific arcs of our campaign, I think that kind of stands on its own as one that's really, really special. Like three episodes that you could pr- that like tie really, really closely into this character and what's going on in general, but like could just be like someone could listen to those three episodes and be like, these people are good at what they do. I think they're great. Yeah, that was that was really special when you were all like, I'll pick one of you know one of Eclipse's like I knew nothing going into yeah. and play it when uh, there there was a, another moment that I really remember that has nothing to do with anything that we recorded it was like I was getting drunk with Brooks and Emily at their apartment before we were about to like watch a bad movie on like a random weekday night and we're like episode 200 is coming up we've been texting with Griff and he says there's like three characters which character do you want to do and we were like trying to figure which one of us would be the best fit for the three characters and then like we all fell into our slots and we're like yeah this really works we can do a good job with this that was that was a that was a nice night or i I had fun that night it was really fun we did a lot in this campaign didn't we i think you know like the evil interludes were like something special just for us like all all of those you know the abaddon arc the neutral interlude these things i think i think one thing i'm proud of is that we weren't afraid as a group to like to take a multi-episode tangent for someone's character um because it's it's what your characters would have done yeah and like we didn't avoid that for the sake of radio um God, I'm just so fucking proud of pulling that wish gig off, though. Oh, that yes. That was like. That was my favorite way to create a permanent death that wasn't a death yeah. that has ever happened. Mm. Um, <laughs> and to, like, you know, make it play out in such a way that was, like, so bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think back to like a lot of the things that I've done on my toes because I've done a lot of this campaign on my toes, and that was the thing I did on my toes that I'm most proud of. 
because I came up with that right after you died. Oh, it was so good. Such a pivotal moment for my, well, for the whole, like, party's progression, but especially for my character to have yeah. uh, a, a death be so permanent, but also so happy at the same time. Like, I couldn't be too sad because it was everything she ever wanted. Well, some of us are good on our toes. Some of us are good on our knees. Brooks, what was your favorite moment of the campaign? <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss Brooks' shit? I was supposed to go yeah, last. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Brooks, you keep fucking waiting to the end. You gotta... Drag an ass. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I, I, I'd have to say, like... The first evil character that we fought was Viv. Yeah. And that was... That was something that was... It was scary and at the same time so much fun to do. Like... Mm-hmm. Everyone had skin in the game on both sides, and that was something that I, I feel like. Am I correct? Was, was good for us. Am I like, am I remembering correctly too that like that early on, with the exception of Emily, like we didn't necessarily know that Viv was going to be in book two. Like maybe it was hinted at or something, but like. None of us knew specifically no, yeah, that we yeah, were going to fight this, an like, evil interlude character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I think it just meant like it, it solidified that like we can play like we can play both sides of the fence, mm-hmm. and that was like I think I think that uh, added just like something special to most of the books of the adventure. It's like it's like. Whether it be, you know, Viv being the big bad in book two, or Saw being like an unexpected ally in book three. I mean, we didn't have an evil interlude character, but like the fact that book four was so pivotal with Lyra and ended up with like, like that whole book was just spoon feeding the rest of the group pieces of Lyra's backstory. Mm -hmm. And then like to find her at the end. And then like, Turner in book five was much more present than any of the other evil interlude characters. And you could tell that like, it was, it was like a role playing. It was a challenge, but it was fun because it was like everyone in the room knew the second that like Turner showed up, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to still be <laughs> investigating. Well, well, I, I think that, that that leads me to a point that like I've been thinking about for a long time, but I don't know that I've really discussed. And that what I've really enjoyed about the inclusion of the evil interlude characters into the main campaign is that they're so unique. In that like Viv has this like I'm the first one that you're gonna fight. I'm like a mini boss in myself, and I've got this like weird science thing going on or whatever. And then Saw has the full like redemption arc. Then you have the like wolf in sheep's clothing bad guy of Turner where he's like kind of a friendly NPC for a long time and then we're uncovering a conspiracy and then you have like uh, like a cackling like big bad of of Nana Opal like the four of them are both are all like are all so uniquely used you you could just have four mini-bosses that are treated the exact same way in four different books. Or it could have had you not break up and just be an evil party that, you know, party versus party. Mm -hmm. I love 
what like where you went within Opal mm -hmm. that was very rewarding for me and also to have that as the very end ah mm -hmm. oh, man it was just it was so cool it was so good and um, my only thing is I wish wish I would have been able to eat someone whole I know it wasn't gonna happen that late in the game I know but uh oh this is a fun bit of trivia that I don't think everybody knows Griff, when did you uh, when did you figure out you wanted to do the Nano Opal at the end? Uh, <laughs> like in the in the recording of that episode. Yeah, yeah, I know. The 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 Nano I texted Haley during our break. He did. The, the Nano Opal being the very final scene was not decided until halfway through the epilogue episode recording, which yeah. I did not realize. I'm good on my toes, baby. <laughs> Work Halfway through recording that episode, you're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like Nan Opal does like the Freddy Krueger at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street thing? Like that said, fucking said rock. that to no one, just texted Haley, I need you to say this line yeah. when I prompt you in Nana Opal's voice. Yep. It was really good. <laughs> and then and I think that genuinely got the rest of you because I was yeah. like, I didn't talk yeah. about it. I didn't even oh, yeah. know I was gonna do it. Yeah, it was also... And then I was like, Steve, I need that OG, like, <laughs> Witch in the Woods song, song. Because I even brought back, I remembered from, like, book one, the, like, when Aaron was at the at the yes, window. Yes, I, I like, know you tap, did. Tap, it tap, was tap, so good. Tap, tap, tap. Oh, God, that was so good. And also, I, I know that I'm, like, I'm obviously I'm very attached to Eclipse, but... Nanopla was attached to in a different way just because Nanopla was based on, you know, a book that I read and reread multiple times. It was actually the first book I ever had to reread because I like liked it that much. Um, and I'm not someone who rereads because I hate knowing the ending. <laughs> so I like never reread books. So that was like, ah oh, man, this is and it was like a pivotal one in my like I like remember reading it as a kid and stuff. So it was really exciting that um, I was able to like have her and she was important. <laughs> So the next question get asked for the team because I, I, I gotta do the same. Okay, bye. Oh, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> pee too. All right, go. I'll pee after. All right, what's the uh, what's the question? Let's see here. You asking it? I can. Sure. I don't know. You were you reading it? So. All right. Oh yeah, I'll do the next question. Um, this is a fun community one from Sir Newt. What was your favorite thing that came out of the community? Movie nights, community games, friendships and memes, Zot, trivia streams, uh, Drunken Disorderly. That's a good question because or we've maybe done a lot the of dating sim game. Dating uh, sim on game. Discord. Yep. Was the other part of this question. Thank you. Uh, I was also thinking about uh, oh fuck, what was the name of the bird game that we played? Uh, Haruko boyfriend, had a full boyfriend. boyfriend. That's yep. Oh. Um, I had a lot of fun in like the very, very early COVID quarantine bad movie streams when it was just like, I don't know when I'll be able to see Griffin Haley again, but we can get on like a stream with them and a bunch of people that we love from like all over the world and watch bad movies and get drunk. Those were great. Um, but I think it's just like actually making real friends. Like we have a, we have a lot of relationships with people that have listened to our show, but like, um, 
several weeks ago now, Origins was in town and uh, the STF crew was here and like we got to hang out with them and it was just like, wow, these guys are great. And it's so nice to realize that like these relationships that we're building up with people on the internet are actually kind of real, right? They're like, these are actually good people that listen to our show and that we share things with. It's fun. Yeah, I think the uh, the COVID uh, movie nights were fun um, because that gave us like a way to socialize. That was really fun. Um, otherwise, it's just like having the community, um, less of like what the commu- like the specific community events, um, but like having the community as a whole has been very fun and exciting. I'll scroll up, Hunt, so you can read the question. It's this one. It's. <laughs> It is such a positive community, and I do really appreciate that. So that's definitely my answer, is the community itself. But picking like specific events, going back to COVID, uh, when we were doing some of the, the themed uh, D&D nights, I really enjoyed doing the themes. We should go back so to the themes. I think that was one of my favorite. Oh, the times. themes were fun. Yeah. <laughs> they were always shitty in last minute. It was great. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we even had like mermaid birthday decorations. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I remember that. I, I, you know what? I pin the, pin still the teeth on that. the shark. Oh, dad theme That's, was a good one. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Oh, dad. Yeah, Different everybody dads. got really into that. We that would great. Griffin and I would get like angry because we would find out so late in the game. <laughs> To be fair, we didn't always pick them very early either. <laughs> but yeah, it felt targeted. <laughs> they were very last minute. Yeah. And you had even less notice. <laughs> I think mine's uh, Lunch Hour Heroes, because I got to be a part of that. Um, and it's just fun. It's fun to kind of like, you know, low stress stream for the community like a game again that's you know that anyone can watch um like a uh, uh, big big props to to jason for because i know he runs like almost all of it <laughs> almost all <laughs> of the um the lunch hour hero stuff but it's just like it's really cool to be able to just get kind of a group together from the community play a game whether it's a one shot or an ongoing series you know i played plague part of plague stone and all of the slithering with lunch hour heroes and um you know i played various one shots uh with jason and alex specifically from the community but others from the community as well bippy uh played in in most of our slithering game um and then you know we played one shots with with other people as well uh, i just i love that kind of gaming and I feel like it's really cool that the people in our community are comfortable enough with each other to just like to like stream something like that for other people to watch. Um, I felt the same way like when when Corey ran us through like March of the Dead and that kind of stuff. It's just uh, to be able to show like members of the, of the community that don't really you know maybe only know the game from listening to us and that kind of thing to be able to allow them to uh, tune in and watch someone actually run it is really cool. Uh, or to, you know, facilitate, like, newbies playing. I've seen a lot of that kind of behavior. Uh, yeah. Which I, 
I just love. I love hearing all the people, of, all the stories of how, how people, how like they've listened to it to do different things. Like they've listened to it and then joined our community and then were able to do a lot of additional things. Yeah. So, I, you know, I say lunch hour heroes, but what I think what I really mean is the fact that we've, a lot of games have sprung up out of our Discord, which is really cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that is pretty cool that like, people that have joined have like made friends with each other and there's like five separate people who did not know each other before they listened to the HLP that are now playing in like a book four of a six book AP and it's like okay that's that's pretty fucking sweet <laughs> like that has little to do with us just yeah. that like we were able to bring people who love things together and now they have like their own friend groups that's awesome I, I think I think this is like what I will say about the the community is is what's able to kind of bring all of that together and how welcoming everyone is. Sure. And uh, if yeah, if if I can shout out, if I can shout out after that, the fact that anyone and everyone. Generally, like, I feel like this is an anomaly, but the people that listen to our show are actually good people. Like, <laughs> like we've, I don't, like, I, I don't want to say think, it, but I think there's like yeah. one person that we've ever had to kick out of the Discord, which was like four years ago, but like, nobody like posts hate speech in our Discord. Mm-hmm. There's nobody like fighting about like gender stuff or like LGBT stuff. Like, everyone is just fucking chill and welcoming and good people that listen to our show. And that's, fucking awesome. It's because I got jacked and I know I'd go to their house and beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also, we've made a, a kind of no tolerance on that community, so like yeah, when exactly. anybody does start to get if they say anything that even sounds on the could be start to get offensive, we like shut that down pretty like, quick as a community, nah, not just not yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean we shut down like just being mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I like happy things. I don't know. Like, there's another pocket. So, like, if anyone listens to, like, my brother, my brother and me, they're obviously, like, huge uh, compared to us. But, like, they have a thing with their live shows that they say, like, no bummers. Yeah. And I don't want to create a community that has no bummers. We have channels that, like, are for bummers. Yeah. But, like, as a whole, our community is very no bummers. Like, they're, like... You guys do a lot that makes me proud of the community and not a lot that makes me disappointed. Yes. I think that's that's the point I was trying to make. That, like, I don't log on in the morning and see, like, ah, oh, oh, shit. shit, somebody, like, somebody <laughs> said it, like, somebody, like, dropped a slur in one of our channels. I need to deal with that. That did not, that doesn't happen. Our mods have it pretty easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I won't say, I won't say Jason doesn't earn his keep, though. Jason. Yeah. Jason's post uh, Jason posted fucking great. work. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to an earlier comment here because I think it's it's fun to call out. Eric is saying, uh, if it wasn't for the Discord, I wouldn't have met the GM of my Tyrant's Grass game that's been running me for four years now. And Eric is in, um, I, I, I apologize, I don't know if it's the, the GM or somebody else in the in the game. He's in there, he's like in the groomsman party of their wedding. Like, how fucking cool think, is I that? Think it's Bu- I think Buster, Buster is having like all the people in his game 
at his wedding. Yeah. Like, like, like how fucking cool awesome. is that? That's so awesome. That's so cool. That like uh, those are the connections that have happened within uh, within our with our community. That is so awesome. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Yeah, because they're Fucking doing a rocks. they're doing a big ass road trip or something. That's so cool. <laughs> you Any... got one, Haley, or you want Steve to bring uh, one? Steve. Up? All right. Oh no, uh, Tim just asked one. So you look up another one for for after this. But mm. Tim asked uh, if you could pick another theme for a seventh book of Carrying Crown, either before, after, or in the middle of the other books. What would you pick? Mm. Gothic horror theme or anything else that you feel would fit in the AP. You know, I really would have. Um, Gallusmire gets built up as this like amazing dungeon, and I think the seventh book of Carrying Crown could very well be. Oh, like you're stealing my answer. The, the party going to twenty and venturing down into Gallusmire to to like to finish the job. We just talked about this on Zone of Truth. Read uh, the Dungeons of Galarian uh, first edition supplement. They do like all of the different rooms of Undergale Spire. It's so cool. Now, if any of you have read at the actual like Shadows of, of Galaspire source book, you'll you'll note that I took a lot of their continuing the campaign stuff and just brought it into the campaign because I thought it was awesome. Like the Signavier dragon fight, um, this like war between the vampires um, with with um, you know, Louvric and, and Count Tyriac versus uh, Lord uh, Malaeus and, and and like those things are all in the back matter as like continue the adventure with these. And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm putting those in. I'm putting those in. Continue the adventure. You I'm doing it now. You want to take out the Lang Spider in the middle of Gallaspire. That's lame as fuck. Yeah. Eric says Body Snatchers Investigation that rocks yes it probably may probably not like a high level but like yeah to like be think about being in leopard stat and like a bunch of the people in the trial or you know completely different like part of the adventure are like faceless stalkers or whatever like that would be a good time what if there was a canon abaddon arc so like you go to abaddon to find his Zergothoa and and uh, blood rot or whatever in Abaddon, and you go to Abaddon to find Tarbafon's phylactery. Huh. That's pretty good. Cool. Abaddon Arc Two, two Abaddon Furious. <laughs> oh yeah, we're headed down to the Eternal Eclipse. Griff yeah. Haley, we still haven't watched Fast X. Gotta have it. Walker, were the Skinwalkers no the, the one that like wore the face? The other of the person they killed. Skinwalkers? Skinwalkers are like a like a North American legend. Yeah, no, but uh, was it in the marsh? It was in like, like, like. Oh, in the actual campaign, we found the face. Yeah, he was like. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did find a. uh, That that's a fake creature. It's a uh, skin changer. Skin and, changer. Uh, um, Vorkstag was that. Yeah. Yeah, and you found his like closet. Yeah, the, of shit, and the, and uh, were yeah like, Newt said, yeah, This Newt is the beast. Got it, the Skinshaw masks. Hey, last uh, 
last Hawking Hills trip we went on, we thought there was a skin changer uh, haunting our grounds. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> yep. there was. They tried the yep. door. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying. It was everybody left, and it was uh, Griff, Haley, myself the last night, and uh, Griff and Haley were sleeping on one end of the building, and I was sleeping by myself on the other end of the building, and people were trying to get in. We started hearing some shit, yes. and uh, we saw the doorknob turn. We heard a lot of things outside, and the doorknob was actively changing. And, our, like, and that fucking goat was on our porch. Absolutely it was. Absolutely that goat was it was. terrifying. Dude, that goat was so friendly. To the point was, of concern. I was not about that goat. <laughs> that goat was, was so not, friendly to the point of concern. Was, was it was trying to steal our souls. That goat wanted so many pets and things. Y'all don't sacrifice any of you for that goat. I love the goat. I was, I was anti-goat. <laughs> I, lo- I love the goat. <laughs> I love that, like, there was an hour of that trip that was us trying to get the goat that escaped back into its pen. And That's then we the were same like, goat that was friendly. Right, and, 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 then, and then we're like... Hey, farmer man, like, your goat was out, and we spent a fucking long time getting back. He's like, ah, he does that. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. So they just joined us at the fire pit every night. Yep. Joined us at the fire pit all the time. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. He's a bro. He wasn't a black goat, for those of you asking. It was terrifying, though. There was, like, one evening, I went inside, and I went back out, and as soon as I opened the door to the front porch... The goat was just staring at me. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I do think the goat was that. working with the skinwalkers, but... I, I mean... Start fucking blasting. I mean, the goat was friendly. Like, I had no problems with the goat during the daytime. Uh. <laughs> that does explain why the dogs were clinging to us. Yeah, the dogs did not oh, go yeah, by the goats. True. The dogs did hang out with us. The dogs did not like the goat, yeah. They, there were a couple farm dogs, and they... They were like buddy buddy with us and uh, stayed away from the goat, <laughs> which is not yeah, a good sign. The goat was evil, and it wasn't a goat. <laughs> Seemed pretty chill to me when we were playing beer pong. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had a great time with the goat, uh, but the goat greeting us in the morning every morning on our porch was a little, a little much. <laughs> I'd go back five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need him staring at me at eye level, standing on the picnic table with his rectangular ass. <laughs> Dude, it <laughs> was on like top that. of the picnic table when all the light we had was the fire. Yeah, I I did not like it. It's <laughs> really going satanic panic on this. I think it's just a good. I Someone tried to go. I, so I think like... it's justified. I think that was the high farmer. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. He was. He got a five star review on. He's uh, great. I loved him on Airbnb. Constantly blazed. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. And got any of those seltzers over there? I forgot where we were in terms of questions. Ooh, I uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We were supposed to talk about the seventh book that we wanted to add. I already did. Oh, that was it. Oh. Like, uh, yeah. like in the like doppel uh, uh, bang. I mean, uh, gang. That's, that's where we got. West down, Virginia, so like a West Virginia. What? <laughs> Uh, skin shop masks like the hills have eyes. eyes. Yeah, hills have eyes. You know what I'm saying? The hills have eyes. <laughs> That's book seven. I think it would be really cool. This would be difficult to pull off, but a uh, another investigation book. But this time you're stuck in a time loop. Maybe it's you. Uh, like keep forgetting things or you know something's resetting but you have to keep like 
trying to like go to different areas and figure something out and then you reset but you like you know can keep some of the information but there isn't enough time to do everything in one day so you have to keep keep going so cool. I'm shocked that that hasn't become like a module yet. Somebody hasn't cracked the formula for doing like yeah. a, a Pathfinder module uh, time loop because that's such like a trope. But that would be so fun. Haley, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I I think though Emily's idea could even feed in with like what I was thinking about. Because um, I think I think what we kept having is we kept going places where we knew there was a problem or we like knew there was some sort of issue or horror happening right i would i would have loved like you you go to a town because you're just supposed to go and you've heard nothing wrong and it's just like it's abandoned looks like it's been abandoned for 50 years you're like whoa okay like finding a brand new issue that like I, I know it's hard to fit that in with the book itself but like I feel like thinking about different horror tropes it's like uh, everything that we kept being given it was like very obvious that there was a problem I feel like but almost walking into a town or like walking into something and having no expectation for anything to be wrong at all and then being like very shocked by the idea and I think you could even mix that with this like time loop idea where people like maybe even people forget like the, the town is like messed up when they leave normally and that's why no one knows something's wrong I think book 7 is called marrying crown and everyone has to get married everyone gets married <laughs> <laughs> we can't we can't end the AP until everyone gets married everyone's gotta get married <laughs> marrying just a dating sim. <laughs> so many eligible bachelors. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want? Lord Malayus? Lord of the Vampires? <laughs> Used to work under Tarba Fun, now under new management. Mm. <laughs> He's got a shield with three skulls. Well, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a heart. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the Lord Malayus art is so extra it's absurd he may drink blood but he'll get your heart pumping <laughs> man I feel bad forever gets forcibly married to Eclipse and has to deal with like so many additional things I would say yeah she's got a fair amount of baggage <laughs> <laughs> Fair amount. Most of the baggage coming from uh, the twelve ghosts in her head, specifically the like six foot seven uh, gooey ghost that now lives outside of her head and yeah. can't leave. You know, like you're gonna have to check a couple bags. <laughs> you know, like when high school girls do prom and they take like the photos with their boyfriend, and then like the dad like thinks he's the dad with the smallest dick in the world is like holding a shotgun in the background. Like, I feel like that's the lopper in, like, any situation. <laughs> Although I'm sure he's hung, but, you know, it's, it's a different, <laughs> different, you know, different situation. Yeah. Oh, Cerny just asked a question, and I will easily answer this because um, it doesn't have an answer. Uh, it says, question, does she ever find the rest of her siblings, and are they alive? Well, uh, so the whole point of the way that I had the epilogue and the backstory with her is not to close uh, her story. So 
I didn't want to feel like any of my characters were just done. So, uh, purposefully, that is left open for interpretation slash for whatever else that they want, that, like, someone wants to think. We got a comment in the chat regarding, uh, the loppers. Uh, Come on! <laughs> the, the floppers. That's all. <laughs> you got a comment in the chat here. <laughs> <laughs> Any, any, Steve? I told you to get one ready. Oh. Because oh. We're, we're winding down towards the end here. Hmm, okay. We'll vamp for a second before I find a good one. Hmm. Lord Malayas. <laughs> Tell me more. I had to vamp for a second. So I, I literally <laughs> told you to get ready. I thought we were talking about something else. Talk about something else. <laughs> what could I possibly be asking you to? <laughs> Can I have Brooke summarize the campaign in fifty seconds again? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I, I do have a I do have a good question. This comes from someone who I believe is in the chat right now. This is caffeine underscore now. Wrap up questions. Most satisfying murder. I think that's a good question at this point in the evening. That is a good question. Who did you love killing? Um, The first thing that I'll talk about is it wasn't necessarily a kill, but I really love gouging out uh, um, fucking, uh, what's his name? Brooks's vampire fuck. Uh, Oh, Turner. Turner's eye with Quinley. That was very in the moment, and then afterwards I talked to Brooks and I was like, hey man, was that too much? Are you okay? And he's like... (laughs) No, dude, that was fucking dope. That's cool. Because <laughs> that was that was all in the moment. But yeah, that was that was cool. It wasn't a straight murder, but I I very much like I thought that was so satisfying in that he's it, it, like that. That's what I I really love about Turner. He's he's such a squirrely bastard, and he's like he is the the type of enemy that in like a show or a narrative that I get the most frustrated with, like the the very charismatic bad guy that can weasel his way out of situations and like works his way in and like does horrible things. Um, and then just to like brutalize him, I thought was like, it was very cathartic for me. Cause like those characters make me so mad, <laughs> <laughs> but I love Turner as a bad guy. And like, I, I just thought that was, uh, that was cool. That was fun. And that Brooks let me do that to his character. <laughs> you guys love to kill i i i know that there was one specific instance but i don't i can't i just can't remember what it was like oh that felt that just felt great to kill that person lear's mom fuck that bitch (laughs) yeah yeah lear's mom sucks how dare she hurt a friend of mine Eclipse, that was a tough Eclipse fight made too. me feel bad. That was a tough fight too, if I recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she was like a, she was like a templated anti-paladin. Yeah. I think for Lyra, it was really satisfying to get to actually fight Adivion. Uh, cause like you know, during the trial, she, she was like, that was her nemesis, and I was thinking in my head like, oh. I wish we could have actually like 
bought him. Glad we didn't at the time, but uh, it was nice to see that come full circle. You took that barrier down. Right. That's that was the that was the nail. That was mm-hmm. that's that's something that like a couple of people have talked about on our Discord. And we certainly have talked about offline. Was that like if we're going to ascribe the like the kill to somebody, it's Lyra. Like Lyra got. Uh, oh yeah, got a Divian, and I, I just, I, I think it's perfectly poetic. I, I love how it, it shaped out. Just Lyra brings it down, and I'm just like, I'm gonna take my turn and burn up his immediate action so right, that he has he to kills himself. kill himself. Which, which somebody pointed out on our Discord, it's like this character is like kind of about hubris, and like he, with especially with his speech at the end, like I'm so powerful, and like I don't even really care about the Whispering Way and Tarbafon or whatever. I, I liked that he ended up being his own downfall, and Lyra made that happen, which was perfect. You got any more favorite murders in here? Brooks, the shirt's still on, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kill, killing, uh, like, I guess not necessarily killing, but killing Nana Opal, I think was was it was difficult and... Like, yeah, but then it didn't stick. That was satisfying for me, fucking feeding it back. <sighs> like yeah. I said, with Nana Opal and like good and bad cat characters, I always win. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I always come out on top. <laughs> I was very mad about Nana Opal, and then I was very not mad about it. Uh, oh boy. You, you know what I think would be good because this is like the wrap up episode before before I reveal anything. Um, can you guys remember back to your characters uh, how many times I killed each of them? Eclipse once. Eclipse once. Tulia twice. Tulia twice. Rune once. Rune got turned to stone once. I don't yeah, she never really working. died. I don't think. And then Matumbe once. once. I think Matumbe, Durin, and Sawyer were all once. Um, Quinley, I don't know, five? Quinley, a couple, yeah, several. <laughs> yeah. Five, five side, probably yeah, three. Both characters once, I think, actually. Uh, Ikmer at the very end. I killed Ikmer at the end. Airbear was killed a few <laughs> times. Don't say once. I was times. using a lot of Breath of Life. Airbear <laughs> was killed more times than I th- Quinley. I used Breath this of Life true. as well to bring someone up. Who was that? Oh, I guess I was. I guess I guess Breath of Life. Was that Ikmer as well? Because Ikmer died. Didn't you combo Breath of Life with somebody? It was yes. like two Breath of Life yeah. to get somebody Because Ikmer had like a ton yeah. of that damage so when it was. No, that was Matumbe. Uh, no, oh. no, no, no. Oh. Yeah, Matumbe died to. Uh, he didn't. So I remember it was the lesser, lesser death that Finger of Death Durin and yeah. then killed Matumbe yes. with a scythe crit. Oh yeah, that's right. And you needed the two. Uh, I allowed two. you to do the two Breath of Life's in the next round to stack the damage to overcome the damage that the scythe crit did, which was substantial. But I think I also Breath of Life Ikmer once when he had that shared uh, hits. Like that one, the one oh, when he, lady who was fast and moving. When the lady, uh, the vampire, like, yeah. bombed herself to take Ikmer out. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't th- know if Ikmer died to that. I thought I had to breath of life him. Maybe. Because I know for a fact both of Emily's characters were outside of that room. Lyra's died a couple times. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. At this point. Um, Uska hasn't died, I don't think. Have I killed Uska? I 
don't think so. That would probably be the only one then, right? Yeah. Did anybody else make it out? Rune didn't die. Rune, Rune got, got clean. petrified, but didn't die. I was just a statue. Yeah. I think that I think it, it's come on. Uskin's clean yeah, because like that's well, breaking champ. It doesn't count though, though so because yeah. I mean that would be the same of any permanent like that'd be the same of any permanent like curse that makes you uh, like permanently yes. disabled. But that's not yes. a death. Well, yeah, that'd be calling like feeble-minded, you know. Right, I wouldn't call like, any of those deaths. Well, when you take okay. Actually but die versus taken out of the campaign. The okay, then Eclipse yeah, would have what, like, died yeah, when she exactly went to Abaddon, right? right? But, but like that, we okay. don't count that. Then maybe we should. <laughs> like, why would we? That's not a death. So, a lot. I, I've, I've killed There's you guys a lot. A of lot deaths. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly in books uh, five and six. Oh, uh, my most satisfying kill. I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the the whole Freya thing because you guys know that's like my favorite moment. Uh, that was very satisfying, but also very stressful. Um, the the one I really loved because I had planned this out from the start of the combat was um, getting Air Bear. Into a into a state of helplessness, which I knew I could do with my combatants, and Kuda grinding him uh, in the in the beginning Turner fight, like the fight where they had all the hostages, um, and the hostages were gonna kill themselves if you guys like came in to the room, and Air Bear like rushed in solo as a hero would do, and got incapacitated. Uh, he got hold personed and then coup de grad and I that was like my tactics going in so it played out perfectly but I also loved that scene of like Air Bear getting cut in half oh my god and, yeah and just like there were like three awesome back to back episodes of like the sh- like Turner shop where we were like oh, fighting yeah. Shawa Turner shop was great. and like we're trying on boots and like yeah, Turner. Shop got, was really it got it got brutal in there. Yeah, That's yeah. I awesome. mean, like Quinley, that that like Quinley killed to the ghoul and the coup de gras was rough. Um, Ray almost I, died there. She was like, yeah, an inch away. Yeah, you guys had it had it tough in there for a while. I think you know. Again, it, it's one of those scenarios where like we've had so many like really good fights. It's it's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to call out the things that are so much fun because there are, there have just been parts of this podcast where it's like holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit for five or six episodes and then, you know, it gets resolved however it gets resolved but like, you forget about it because nobody was like permanently gone it's like, and I know people are gonna laugh at this, but it's like the, the recent like Fast and Furious movie thing, where it's like there's there there's literally so much insane shit that happens that it's like you can talk about the ten craziest things and then there's ten things after that that are like also awesome and insane and ridiculous, but like there were ten other more insane things. He's gonna swallowed like, by a fucking whale and yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, we you know, yeah. three yeah. hours yeah. deep. Yeah. We're yeah. three hours deep into this fucking stream. We haven't talked about getting swallowed by a whale, like. <laughs> Which now it's I have crazy. to top and skull and jackal. 
I think that, w- that was a very satisfying one for me because I planned it. Sure. Because um, a lot of the kills I get, I don't necessarily plan. They just kind of... I, I don't usually plan to kill you guys, but that was an instance where I was like, someone's going to th- rock a breath of life here, and it's going to be okay, but it's going to be very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Wow. Any questions in the chat? Steve, which is crazier, RRR, Fast X, that's it. RRR. Okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, fa- yeah. Fast X, uh, people people use cars like they would their own hands and save the world multiple times. Fast X is amazing. It's super insane. Um, RRR is fucking psychotic. <laughs> it's so wild. It, like, RRR, I mean, oh, it, Steve and I watched over multiple days and two during that di- during that time frame I couldn't stop thinking about like it's a three hour movie the first day we watched the first two hours and then the next day during the day before we watched the last hour I texted Brooks I said I wish we watched less of that movie last night so we had more <laughs> to watch tonight <laughs> it's so good I love RRR. Great times. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we watch that. I don't think Emily's seen it. I have seen it. We'll fix that. I maybe fell asleep through part of it. <laughs> Easy to do. It's three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> the only other question that I even see in the chat is from Argo Motive Session 1, uh, Schools and Shackles, Yo Meet and Battle of the Dread Whale. You meet in a tavern. <laughs> Inside of a whale. Inside of- <laughs> the whale has swallowed the tavern. There's a couple small children, some turned into donkeys playing gambling. <laughs> but that's it, so no more questions. You got any uh, real burners? I don't know. I think we an- we answered all the like wow. the ones that I really wanted to get done. Let me just take a quick look. Get a gander. Shout out your favorite drink bowl drink. Going once, going twice. Do we have cool Twitch animations prep for Schools and Shackles? Absolutely not, because we are <laughs> taking a well-deserved break right now. <laughs> yeah. Wait, cool Twitch animations? Yeah. Why yeah, we're not doing. I, we're not streaming we're either. Streaming so. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I hope you know we're not streaming this, guys. It's been like five years. You haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> What's going on here? They're not live on Thursday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, my questions are pretty much tapped out. At least the interesting ones. Um, <laughs> give me a question in the chat. We'll answer it and fucking sign off. Next question. Doesn't matter what it is. We're going to answer it. Uh-oh. Oh, anything. Oh, Literally anything. Hey, donate to the Coral Reef Lines. Yeah, make sure you donate to the Coral uh, uh Whatever. Yep, you that got one. it. No. <laughs> Steve, why? Mm-hmm. Titties. Giuseppe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Steve, why? End that. Which Hallmark movie would make the best AP? That's good. Stalked by my oh. doctor. Is that actually a Hallmark? No, it's a no, Lifetime. No, that's not Hallmark. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. We don't. It's. It, I can't remember which ones are Lifetime and which ones are Hallmark. 
I don't watch Holiday in Handcuffs. Movies. I think that might be a Hallmark one. No, no, that's um, that's ABC Family. Oh shoot! Yeah. I'm gonna say Christmas say, in like, the Bayou. I, I, that's Netflix. <laughs> Is it really? I think so. Yeah. Shit. For sure. So the Africa one. Yep. Um, with, with Rob Lowe. Yeah, with Rob Lowe. Uh, I'm going through uh, just Hallmark Channel uh, movie names here uh, to pick one. We saw like well. the uh, there's a snowman one for sure. That is, that is very, very oh, horror. Snowman. Yeah, that's not a Hallmark movie. That's a real movie with Detective Harry Hull. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick this one based on uh, the words alone, which is the nine lives of Christmas, um, where you're all cat folk, clearly, yep. and you're trying to defeat the Christmas elves who the have turned nine evil. Lives yep. of <laughs> yeah, you got it right. That's, that's the right answer. That's correct. <laughs> Adventure prep material. You must play a cat folk. <laughs> you have no other <laughs> All right. Do we have any other questions? The Nine Lives of Christmas. <laughs> Fuck me sideways. I got told it was an excellent choice and it is the right answer, so. I guess, dude. I guess. I just went for literally I gonna, names. I put Christmas and Galarian. I do think you just changed that out. And you do make those. Uh, the Nine Lives of Ascension Day. <laughs> yeah. There's a shocking amount of Christmas ones. Anyways, uh, since there's no other questions, are we done? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. It's been a blast hanging out with you all tonight. It has. Thank yes, you. I hope Thank you had fun. You. We did. Yeah. Yes. It was fun I, I, to I answer fun. questions. Well, uh, a lot of reminiscing. Just just for you guys who are live, and I guess <gasps> you'll listen to this later. Uh-oh. Um, for the last time, I think ever. Finish your drinks. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. You. I knew it. <laughs>